Lions fans. This is the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who always podcast hands-free. Chris and the Riz. Hey, hello, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast. This is episode 403. We are getting ready for the deep dive on the draft today. If you haven't, if you've been waiting hard, you well, you've probably been hard, but if you've been waiting for this, which I know you have, this, I, I always mess up these intros now. I don't know why. And I know you have. This is the show for you. We've got Emery Hunt coming, who is the superstar. The guy does the homework, does the work, and he's got the receipts. I can't wait to have him on. We'll talk about that. Uh, this is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. Had you not heard that before? And I am your dashing host, Chris. With me is my much more eloquent and better looking co-host, Jeff the Riz Risden. How you doing, brother? Um, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm coming to you uh, live from remote. Uh, last week, I was at my parents' house in Ohio. This week, I am at my mother-in-law's apartment in Canton, Michigan, where it is raining really hard and there is no lighting anywhere in this friggin' apartment. So you'll have to bear with me. Uh, I apologize for my, my motley appearance and lack of sound quality because apparently my microphone has stopped working too. So we're, we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna push through this. And uh, Emery's going to save the day because he is the smartest person we're going to talk to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He will absolutely be the smartest person on the show today. But until then, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, there's a thing in the in the Reddit about nicknames. I want to I want to bang on that really quick. Um, we've got pre-draft visits going on. We want to talk about that. Get some coverage there and some talk. I saw this uh, um, article from Hefe Razor in uh, the Lions Wire, so we can talk about that a little bit. Um, we've got some crazy trades that have happened. One in particular, we'll talk about that. Um, I need your help. And it's 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 your brilliance that I need. I need your your superpower. So if you guys can help me out there, we'll get to that. Um, a contrarian view on Kayvon Thibodeau has come out. Thibodeau has come out, and um, this is going to be interesting. This is this you is stop with this guy. <laughs> I know it's completely unsubstantiated, but it's big enough and loud enough that we want to talk what? about it. Do I know what this is? I don't even. I don't even think I know what this is. I don't think you do. I don't. It's it's relatively breaking, late breaking, but we'll get into it. We got that and a whole lot more. Riz, we've got a killer show today, brother. You ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, here we go. Oh, this is the one. All right, let's get right into it. We'll talk about first off um, nicknames this popped up in, in the Reddit and uh, it was from AM 12 Marauder. I want to I want to talk about this one because I, I, it, I throw back anytime I think about this. It goes to the days of the Silver Rush I'm talking about nicknames for the different uh, defenses. That's when I entered teams. Lions fandom yeah. back in that era. Same, same. Billy Sims was the was the leader of the the club on that one for me. Um, but you're talking about the the Legion of Boom, the Purple People Eaters, some of those big names that were out there. Lions fans had the Silver Rush. It, the question was, what could we go to now? What what's something that could fit if we, this defense came together and became some sort of a powerhouse? And it came up. I thought it was a very interesting kind of um, take on it. Uh, Hitsville, USA. 
it's kind of neat, right? I mean, you got the you got the whole Barry Gordy Motel thing, right? It, it works, you know, because that is in Detroit. Um, I've been there. It's cool. Um, I want I want to worry about getting better players and playing better than I before I worry about a moniker for them. That's oh, just me. come on, <laughs> buckle up! It's a seatbelt gang. That's where I'm at. That that at least for the secondary, yeah, like, yeah. and you know that they all embrace it the oh, way yeah. the way that uh, like AO when he celebrated doing Jerry's thing, like yeah. <laughs> that's. That can work, man. Buckle of course, because that, that's just like part of the unit. Mm-hmm. Like the Silver Rush, that was that was the front that was the front guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't the linebackers or anything like that. You know, Legion of Boom was the secondary. You, the seatbelt gang like that. I think it can work for all of them. I mean, if you think about it, it's locking you down, right? I, I mean, your seatbelt gang, you're locking in the quarterback if you get to hit him. I mean, I, I kind of like it. I, I, I dig that. I, the more I hear about it, the more I think about it. The more I, good. I really like that. So, but I don't have that sort of creativity. So I'm glad that you came up with that. <laughs> or actually, that Jerry Jacobs came up with that, and we're adopting it. I, I like it a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah. We'll talk more about that. I keep your eyes tuned to the Twitter this weekend. That's what I can tell you. Um, yeah, check it out. I, I do know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be talking, Jerry and I, and we'll get a lot. We'll get this out here for you. So watch this weekend. A lot of yeah. really cool. I think you guys, it's going to pop your brains right wide open. Probably. Very quietly, something we've done that I think is going to be just gigantic. Okay, let's get into it. I want to get into this rumor about Kayvon from our NFL. Okay. All right. Tell me what I I don't know what this is. This is this is breaking news to me. Yes. (laughs) And and folks asking Mike Holloman, I see your brother asking about uh, Carl Aftis and Christian Watson and all that. We're going to get into this deep today. I'm telling you in just a little bit, we got Emery coming, uh, Emery Hunt uh, from CBS News and um, draft uh, football game plan. Football if game if plan. you turn on CBS Sports, uh, the CBS Sports Network, like yeah. on your Roku or whatever, chances are you're going to see Emery on there. Yep. yep. Great, great. Does play by play, does, does FCS level play by play, does D2 play by play, color commentary. He, he travels, he's done multiple situations where he's done two games in one day and he is thoroughly prepared for each game. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a wonder kid, man. When you see the ratings and the talk we have with him, you guys are going to love it. He's, he's Superman. So, all right, so let's get into this. Kayvon Thibodeau is, well, someone who purports to be, to have a brother in the Oregon football program. I have a brother. Is, <laughs> is making claims about Tibbs. And he's basically saying that there's something that a judge has ruled on that this info can be released publicly. And just recently, he supposedly did this, um, that they've been trying hard to keep it quiet. It's going to come out near the uh, uh, what's it called the draft. It's sort of like the tonsil uh, gas mask thing sort of situation. Although he said this is something that could lead to Tibbs not being able to even play in his first year out of out of the out of college. I feel like, you know, OK, so we've 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 shared the information that's there. OK, but. I just feel like this is not. This is a goofy rumor. It's. It, it feels like it's BS. I can't give it any credence. But this, you know, for for KT to be out there, right, with something like this popping in our NFL. I mean, there's. I think it's almost two million or two million subscribers. It's a large platform, and this thing rose to the top. A lot of people have seen this. So now it's at the level where you say, oh, "What is this? Is there's." You know, it's it's on Reddit, first off, so that doesn't mean it means anything. It's somebody who knows somebody. It's secondhand, so that doesn't mean anything. But I think about this, 
And I started thinking about the Tunsil thing too. The bad, the, <laughs> the gas mask. Yes, it, it was the best thing. I loved that. That happened. I never would have come up with that concept. I need a more nefarious mind, Chris. You need to help me. Oh, God, I've been buying, trying to find gas masks now for years. <laughs> uh, but um, I think about this and I start to think about this pattern of behavior with Kayvon where eh, he leaves partway through the combine. Eh, you know, eh, eh, it's just he doesn't do anything to rescue his image where he could. Right. I mean, he could if he would have just stayed at the combine and 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 done the done the drills it would it would elevated him right but he didn't and every time he he does this thing is this and 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 this is i'm going full conspiracy so everyone get your tinfoil right and go get your tinfoil put it on tight um is this a situation where he's trying to push himself to a better team or his agent is pushing him to a better team does somebody want to give up that kind of money to go to a better team no 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 players don't do that Agents especially would not do that. Right. Like, so because especially an agent, agents like get, get drafted as high as you can, because that's higher commission for me. That's my, yeah. that's my money. That's yeah. my livelihood. Like if you're drafted, you're drafted at 12 instead of two, that that's, you know, whatever, whatever the difference is at 6%, that, that's a lot of money. But so who, who was it that was representing him? Did we get that? I heard, someone said that. I don't even remember. I, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, it's, uh, it was somebody that wasn't somebody, you know what I mean? So I don't know. Okay. No, I, I've, I've heard nothing about this is whatever is stuff. floating in the toilet bowl or Reddit, whichever that is um, on that. I mean, look, did, could it be true? Yeah, it could be. I, but I, I've heard nothing about it. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't even begin to know what to speculate it would be. Honestly, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's one of those things. Look, look, could there be something out there? Maybe that, I mean, but all eyes have been on him for weeks now. If, if something would have happened, like, like, you know, that there's dudes with, with cameras chasing him around with phones, like, the, the, like when Baker Mayfield ran drunk and, and got tackled by, by, I think it was campus security or something like that. Like that came out pretty late in the process and it wasn't, wasn't a big deal. Dak Prescott got a DUI the day before his pro day, if I recall correctly, it was either that or right around that time. And like that, that was like, Oh my God, is anybody going to draft this guy? now? Well, he yeah. seems to have overcome that pretty well. So yeah. I, it, this must have been removed be too because I'm, I'm rolling through it must have been removed i'm rolling through here um and i'm not seeing it but his i mean the thing is, is his stock is dropping right um i don't know about that uh boy i think his pro day uh certainly oh. helped him for detroit's standpoint anyways sure uh they went out there chris spielman was out there uh a lot of seven Lions reps were at Oregon's pro day. They weren't there for Verone McKinley as much as I like that guy at safety. Um, they're not there for a fifth round safety. They, they're there to see if, if Kayvon wants to be their number two. Yep. Remember, Brad Holmes knows him. He's seen him in person. He flew out to UCLA early to watch that game. He, he's, he's spent a lot of time. He's a West Coast based scout back in the day. He knows the Oregon program well, even though they've had some changes at it. He knows what's up with that. Uh, if if Brad signs off on Kayvon Thibodeau, we're going to have to like it. Like, yeah, here it is. I found I found it. Here's it. Okay. Um, guys, Kyoto Essex is his name. Uh, I said this was the other day, but it's worth repeating. My bro is on staff, the Oregon football team, and there's a non-reported off the field incident involving, uh, <laughs> involving Tibbs, which occurred last year. 
a judge just ruled to allow the report to be made public. And so expect a little bomb dropping just before the draft day. He's going to slide big time at it. Forgot to add, Schefter has been sniffing around a program the last few months and has the inside track on the story. He's waiting to get more info from the DA before he does his expose on ESPN. Shit's going to get messy. I feel for Tibbs because apparently he's a really good kid. Again, this is somebody unverified completely on the Reddit. But boy, that's that isn't that that's just riveting kind of information. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Who knows? Yeah. If, if it comes out, then we'll deal with it. But until then, you have to consider that he is probably like one of the major front runners for the number two overall pick. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if something comes out that yes. changes that, then uh, we'll adjust accordingly. But until then, you know, who, who knows? <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Let's move on. This is where you guys can help me. And this is where I'm looking for. We'll just do this really, really quick. I've been... God, since about September, end of August last year, I've wanted to get some ink. I've wanted to get a tat, top my bicep, right? Um, and I can I cannot, I cannot for the life of me settle on what but I want. I will want. recommend what's on my shirt because this would be what I would get. <laughs> well, so I want something. Dream Theater winning a Grammy, by the way, for those of you who aren't watching along, I'm wearing a, a tie-dye Dream Theater shirt with the third eye open. In the, um, in the in honor eye, of them winning a, their first Grammy for the alien. In the third eye, third eye, I see the DK from the Dead Kennedys. Interestingly enough, but uh, <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I want. I, I think I want something involving the Detroit, the the old English D. I don't want just the lion logo, the 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 leaping lion. I don't want that. I, but I, I want. I want. I, I want the old English D. But I don't know. Think about it. if you guys, you know, use our contact form on the on the web or hit me up at Chris at DetroitLensPodcast.com. If you have any ideas, even if you can you do a rough sketch or you got a good picture or whatever, help me out. Help me decide. I want something. I want something to throw to Detroit just because, you know, it's, it's where my roots are. It's where I'm from. It's a place I love. I just don't know what to get. I can't find the thing that moves me enough to do it, but I, I know I want something. And I've been wrestling with this for months and I just can't figure it out. I'm not a smart guy when it comes to this kind of artsy stuff so i want and it's got to be good right i'm not gonna go half half butt on this so and maybe we'll do a video of me getting it or whatever you know oh my gosh matthew dom (laughs) chris i know you love that old english d (laughs) i love a good turn of phrase thank you man all right let's go um something that happened that was quite quite interesting um a mega trade a mega trade occurred and it was between the saints and the Eagles. And I'm going to, I'm just going to kind of, I'm going to do the TLDR really quick. And then I'm going to let you dive into some of the details. Basically, I think what happened here is the saints were doing long-term work on the cap, uh, lowering some costs, uh, to get lower cost draft picks on the roster and kind of move some veterans and, and kind of just work their way toward a better tomorrow. That's what I feel like the, 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 the short of the, the short, long okay. and short so of what, it is. What, but. what they did, they traded number 18 this year for 16 and 19 with the Eagles this year. And they gave away their first round pick next year and a second in one of the years and, and later picks as well swapped around. Um, and, and so they have two picks now in the teens. The Eagles are down to two picks in the teens. <laughs> so they, they had three picks in five slots, I want to say. Um, and they, they've moved out of that now. The, where the Lions connection comes into this, the Saints now have two first round picks. They have 16 and 19. 
They have a need for a long-term quarterback. They have Jameis Winston as a placeholder, much the way that we view Jared Goff, or a lot of us view Jared Goff anyways, is how they are handling Jameis Winston. So immediately, and I'm, I'm guilty of this too, I connected the dots. We got connections with the Saints. We got the number two pick. If they want Malik Willis, if they want Kenny Pickett, they can they can trade up to get him. 16, 19, a player, Cam Jordan, Demario Davis, somebody, Marshawn Lattimore, somebody like that. Yep, yep. Get her done, baby. Uh, <laughs> remember, they had a deal worked out with the Houston Texans for Deshaun Watson. Like, it was done. Like, they had the, the terms agreed. The Browns just made a better offer. <laughs> and, and Deshaun wanted the money in Cleveland more than he wanted to play in New Orleans. That's that's the TLDR on that. Uh, <laughs> so they shift the, the Saints shifted a crap ton of money. They actually have more cap room available now than the Lions do because of all the maneuvering that they did. So they have the ability to to move up like and, and like their cap. They're, they're an absolute cap freak in hell, even with the, the bump in 2023, 2024. So your point about them, like first round picks are cost contained talent and that's, that's what they need. But if they're looking to really move up, I mean, they had, the, they had it worked out. So they wanted to Sean Watson. They had the assets ready to go. Like they know we can go. Now here's the problem. Texans pick at three. They've already worked really closely on working out a deal. Lions aren't taking Malik Willis. I haven't found anybody that really thinks that they're taking Malik Willis outside of draft media. Um, and and that's yeah. that going deep back <laughs> ways. <laughs> so why would you trade to two when you can trade to three and give up maybe one less thing? Um, that and that that and I talked with somebody from from a Texans background. Let's put it that way. Uh, and he said that that would not surprise him that if if the Saints you know really wanted Deshaun earlier now that they got a deal yeah just substitute in the third pick for what Deshaun was and they can make that happen yeah. so I like I initially got excited about it because I'm like hey yeah Campbell Glenn like we got connections with the Saints baby we 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 know what they need we, they they have things that we could use mm-hmm. uh, but. And, if they're if they're moving up, I hate to rain on the parade and be the Debbie Downer, but they're going to move to three. There, there's no reason to move to two when you can go to three and get the same player, um, assuming that they want Malik Willis. Now there are some people, um, and I will I will cite one of them, Eric Galco, who runs the Shrine Bowl, who thinks that they want the top offensive tackle. Now, if that's the case, mm. then you do have to go to two, mm-hmm. and so th- that door isn't closed by any means. If, if Eric's right, and Eric's been right on things before, uh, so I. I don't know. It's it's it's, inter- it's a very interesting timing. You don't make that trade now unless you have something else. Like, what's the motivation for you to make that trade now when you don't know what players are going to be available at 16 and 19? Yeah. Like, I understand why Philadelphia did. I'm like, they're giving me two first-round picks. Yes, I want that. Or they're, they're giving me future assets. They're in a holding pattern with Jalen Hurst the same way that we are with Jared Goff. This year is all about Jalen Hurst proving whether he's their long-term quarterback or not. They're going to get more assets for him, and they have an out now in the future if they want to get C.J. Stroud next year. So I, I get it from the Eagles standpoint. The Saints, you don't do that unless you've got something else going on. And and maybe maybe it is they're, they're, they're trying to do what you said with the, the, the cap, but it's hard to think that they're not looking up for a very specific target. And they were told in trade talks with other teams that you need to get this to make this happen. 
you know, and, and I think that they've started that ball rolling. This is what this is what happened when the Rams traded up to get Jared Goff at number one once upon a time. They made a move earlier to set that up to get there. That's what teams do. So that there's a lot of people that think that that's going to be. I'm one of them. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but that's it, the, the timing. Like this is the time of year. Like if you're a free agent and you're signing now, it's because you're scared to death that you suck and you, that you're not going to get anywhere after the draft. So you're trying desperately to get in somewhere. Um, and by the way, the Lions seem to be clearing the market on those guys. Great. Hey, <laughs> I lament. Don't go backwards. But, just don't. Just don't go backwards. That's all. If you're a if you're making a trade now. Unless you are getting like a very specific target, there's no point in doing it until the draft because you don't know who's going to be available for you to draft. Yeah. So that's uh, and, and that's, where, that's where my head is at on that. Just to to allude back to what I was saying about you know don't don't go backwards talent wise. We have the most draft capital we've had since 2009. This year, this is an opportunity for this team to really add talent. If you're holding the line on your players, your top four picks this year are all guys that should be able to play on day one. They need, and you need at least two of those guys to be impact starters yep. day one. Yes. Have to. Yeah. Have to. Yeah, absolutely. But there's, there's your, and there's your opportunity. You have to, as a GM, be confident that you can, you can do that. You have to, otherwise you don't, you don't deserve your chair. Right. So right. I, I, I really believe that they, they're in this spot where, you know, they're, they, they, I think everybody could learn from Quinn. Don't give away your talent and downgrade while, and then go out and try to get other talent in the draft. Because if you miss in the draft, you're, you're just, you're getting worse overall. No, no questions asked. I don't think this is a bad move. And again, as we've talked about before, those, uh, those contracts are easy to slide out of. There's no long-term hit. There's no long-term pain out of these things. I think uh, holding the line with the level of talent, with guys you you think you can develop more and you, you've seen develop, you're familiar with, familiar with your system, I think this is a solid strategy. I think this is you know a solid move, year two of a rebuild with where we are. And, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out this year. I, I, I certainly at this point, not even seeing who we draft and envision just with the people we have on the roster right now, I envision more wins out of this team this coming year than we did last year. Just straight up. Getting, getting people help, getting Romeo back, getting, getting Ragnall back, getting Hawkinson back, getting Okuda back, getting Jerry back. Like the, the health, just the relative health of the team is going to help that aspect. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. It has to. <laughs> <laughs> or else. <laughs> so there we go. All right. Let's see. Getting some uh, some tad suggestions in here. We'll get uh, Leonard's in there. Um, ooh, Levi. I can't. This this is one of the guys. This is an original. Levi is an original. He's been around since day one. Let's get his, his uh, chat piece up there. Uh, there's some very good defensive players available this draft. You can't go wrong with Hutchinson or Thibodeau. And I, I don't think you can either. I, re- I really don't think you can. So, Levi. Great to have you back with us again, my friend. All right, let's go um, really quick. Ask folks to hit the like button, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. We appreciate when you do it. It helps us with the whole algorithm. You know, I, I don't know. It's the YouTube thing to do to ask for it, but it actually really works. So that's why people do it. Um, but don't stop now. Don't do it. Don't don't get don't not do it because we told you the inside secrets. Right? Hit the buttons, please. Follow us. We got some good stuff coming. Um, it's been crazy, but. Boy, do we have some good stuff coming on Friday with Colin. Uh, a big announcement this weekend. We might do a, a special interview. We just will see how this all plays out and what comes up. I'm telling you, you guys are going to be freaking floored, blindsided by this one. Uh, Joey, two times. Man, 
We need two safeties. Or we need safeties. Uh, we do. We've got, we've got Tracy. I mean, that's, and, <laughs> and Will Harris. Yeah. We got Tracy. Remember, this is a defense that wants to start three safeties. You're now starting Brady Breeze and Will Harris with Tracy Walker. <laughs> we need safeties, as was said. Yep. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. I want to bring in the master of the craft. The one-man show for CBS, the one who owns and runs the network, the smartest man in the draft space, the man who knows everything about football, everybody's friend and hero, Emery Hunt. Emery, how you doing, brother? He's working, hey, on, his, he's working on the mic. <laughs> All right. Okay. Emery, you work on your, your mic there, if you will. We're going to keep going. we got one more topic we can, uh, we can roll through here. Uh, Riz, let's talk pre-draft visits really quick. Yeah. Um, and I wrote a thing about this at Lions Wire today, just sort of explaining what it is. I think there's a lot of confusion about what it is and what it isn't. And we'll get back after that after we got Emery here now. Yeah. I, I love the Raging Cajun jersey in the background, my friend. What would you say? <laughs> I love your I love the jersey in the background there. It shows that you played. You got the Raging Cajun. You're representing, baby. All the I time, man. I'm on brand, man. Like, the you know, the check cleared. So I got to, you know what I'm saying? I got to hold up my end of the bargain. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Emery? Man, love, love, love to have you back on the show. And I have to tell you, I've been, Riz knows, I've been crying the blues since the last time you were on because of the technical issue that we had to go audio only. And I was just like, man, we owe him so much more. We owed him such a better show. And I, about I was traveling. It, it was horrible. I felt like a total jack. So I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we get you in uh, in full color and, and the oh, the whole smile. The you whole you were in very popular demand amongst our Slack Patreon. Uh, everybody's <laughs> like, when is Emory coming on? So uh, I, I've bugged you for a few weeks now, and we finally got it to where our schedules worked out. So this is great. So thank you for joining us, my my Shrine Game seatmate. <laughs> no, I appreciate you reached out at a, at a good time. I appreciate you being flexible, too, because when you reached out to me, I, was, I think I was on cornerbacks, and I was, yeah. you know, I was trying to – you know, make sure I get through, but at least by the end of the month. So I knew April I would be ready to go. Good. Uh, but man, I had to, those last couple days, you just like, oh, man, do I want to stop now? But once you put it out there, that's going to be over a thousand. You're like, I kind of got to, you know, finish the drill. <laughs> it's like it's a well, thousand you- and like 50 pages, right? What yeah, it's like a thousand fifty pages. So it's like a thousand 1,035. Uh, I'm looking right now. 1,035. Probably like 1,010 prospects or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So so th- for those who don't know, all right, footballgameplan.com. Emery's got this uh, draft guide that is one of the most comprehensive draft guides you will find anywhere. And it's, 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 it's only 12 bucks. I, 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 I mean, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, spend more over here, Emery, but I think you get a lot more for that. That thing is awesome. I'm just going to go through, like, one player and just kind of I'm, I'm, I'm not even gonna talk about the player but i'm just gonna talk about what you get in the per prospect here in the uh in the draft guide he obviously the name height weight their their uh their, their school i'm looking at safeties the combo safety you get uh position vitals on awareness footwork fluidity technique man coverage zone coverage run support breaks agility taking angles ball skills speed athleticism tackling and you get a full scouting grade and he's got a breakdown at the beginning of the book that talks about where the grades are football starter elite starter all the way through the different types of pieces and then he rates them in order by position it's incredible so then you get their strengths you get areas of improvement you get the career accolades and then he talks specifically about the games he's watched some player comparisons and uh scouting and big board ranks Henry, this thing is killer 
this thing is absolutely killer information. And I mean, I'm, I'm looking through it and I'm like, one of the things that stands out about it, I'm doing all the talking, we bring everyone on and I'm going to talk all day. Uh, one of the things that really stands out about it is that I'm seeing guys, I mean, Riz and I were talking, there's what, what school is that? You've got the receipts. You've gone and done the work on these guys. I see so many drafts out there or big boards or other work that people do. And they're basically, I mean, using the word differently, but drafting off of each other, right? They're scouting other people's draft boards to build theirs. They're scouting um, other people's information to come up with theirs. You're scouting the players. You're going in deep and getting the real information and pulling out gems that most people and a lot, a lot, most people in many cases, anyone I've seen aren't talking about. This is great work emory i love this thing well i appreciate that man it, it means a lot coming from both you guys and it's the fact that you know when you're you're at these all-star games and jeff knows this when you got all these guys on these rosters and you know if you're if you're doing the draft stuff properly then um you want to include everybody and so me traveling to these different all-star games this year i wasn't able to get to the small school all-star games because of the uh that's when we had a COVID spike in, you know, you had airline crews catching COVID. So my flights got canceled right. to that first. So I couldn't get to the hula bowl, tropical bowl, nothing like that. But on the second leg of it to the NFL PA shrine, HBCU legacy, senior bowl, I was at all those. Um, and, you know, it was just like, wow, this is a lot of players. I knew last year it was going to be a big guy based off of, um, you know, how many guys went back. But when I was laying out this list and, and to full disclosure, when I got to the combine, I I had no old I hadn't done O line yet, so I had just finished all the skill players. So by then I'm at 400, and I'm like, man, you know, I still got all of O line, D line, the rest of the positions. I'm like, man, this thing is going to be over a thousand, you know. And when you start to lay out how many prospects you have, you're just like, wow, it is going to be over a thousand. And the reason why I set it up that way, it, you know, is because we are all in the media. We are not on teams. We're not drafting guys. I just need bullet points. I need quick reference points. You know, when someone gets signed, hey, who is that? Let me look at my what I have. Oh, here's what he does well. Here's what he has to improve. This is who he compares to. This is what he did in college. That's all I need to know. So my draft guide, I think, is very user-friendly and very, you know, efficient for what we all need it for, both as uh, media folks and also fans. You just need to know. I don't need to know what his vertical jump was because, to be honest, when you're in week nine of the regular season, you don't care what his vertical jump was or his broad jump. You just want to know what he can do and what he can't do. Um, so that that's why mine is set up that way. And it is the largest draft guide in history. No one has more individual scouting reports. Um, you know, sometimes you you have some outlets that don't have that have five or six guys writing about the draft don't have this many prospects combined you know so I'm, I'm very proud of that and I'm glad you guys are enjoying it I enjoyed putting it together I enjoyed even more so when I was done oh god this is great yeah, I bet I bet well now you start counting the money right <laughs> that's always yeah. the fun part yeah so just just in, in the spirit of disclosure I am working on my big board I have 227 players ranked and I'm so I'm, I'm pulling my hair out like you know, who's 224? You know, who's who, who, or, ordinating it like that um, overall is very difficult. Positional wise, it's a little bit easier because I'm like, okay, what I 
in a neutral situation, would I draft this person or this person? Like, I, that's that's my process going through. And I think you sort of do the same on that. Like, uh, is this person going to be a better pro than than this person in, in doing it? But yeah, the, the the work that you put in is just it's unreal. Um, and and I was telling you know you do you do color commentary on FCS games. I know you've done some some small school stuff. Um, you've done two games in a day. I've seen you do that. <laughs> it's just uh, yeah, you are uh, it's unbelievable. So so. Well, enough, enough blowing smoke up your ass. Let's let's ask some questions to Emery now because uh, people got people got questions chomping at the bit to for for Emery to answer. I got, I got so much more smoke. All right, uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's let's get to it. Um, let's just start off with the big the big question, right? I want I want to talk about some of the picks because as I look through this, there's some names in here that I think would shock people as to where you have them ranked. But again, you're not drafting off of everybody else's work, so it's like there's reasons for these things. And I think we can talk about them and really bring some great, a great point of view, but just looking at the draft number two, overall, the lions are there. You look at the team, you look at who's available. Who's the guy that you think the lions are going to take number two overall in the draft. Going to take, I don't know, but should take, it should be Kayvon Thibodeau. I'm surprised that we're even talking about him not being a number one, but I just think that it's a situation of prospect fatigue. Cause remember going into Coming out of last year, it was, oh, Kayvon Thibodeau is clear-cut number one. He's clear-cut, going to be the guy. And then everybody just kind of got tired of talking to Kayvon Thibodeau, talking about him, and, you know, started to knock his game. Aiden Hutchinson has a good game, and next thing you know, he's number one, and everyone is kind of fixated on that being the case when, wait a minute, this guy is a much better athlete, productive, and checks all those boxes. So why wouldn't he be the one that's going to be number one? It's not saying Aiden Hutchinson isn't a good player, but is he a number one overall type talent? I don't think so. Uh, so with it, let's say if he goes number one, then number two, it, it should be a no-brainer, Kayvon Thibodeau. Got it. Wow. What do you say to people about the Malik Willis idea? Because there's a lot of push and pull on this in Detroit land, fan land is, I mean, Jared Goff, we saw him last year. He's just, I don't feel like Goff is the guy. Uh, Malik Willis, he's just, he's stunning. He's powerful. He he can move. He's just what the Lions need with a little time to develop. You know, that's the argument. And Malik is your number one quarterback. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to get to, I'm going to pick away at that a little bit because number two is interesting to me. Um, but, what do you say to the folks that are talking about Malik uh, to Detroit? See, this is what happens when um, folks get to the table late because I've said this all along and you can find the tweets. The ideal spot for Malik Willis is Detroit because of the staff that's in place, the personnel that's in place. They got a very good offensive line. They're two to three deep in the backfield. You have some good uh, personnel at tight end. You add a mobile quarterback, you're going to be one of the top five rushing teams in the league. You play complimentary football. He doesn't have to play right away because you have golf for that that one more year, that one more season. Um, and I was all set for them to take Malik Willis with the second first round pick. Problem now is everyone else realizes Malik Willis can play. So now at number two, you like, Jesus, we, <laughs> you know, we have to, you know, Quarterback is, you know, one of the more important positions on the field. And we can't play the draft like we it's not like you're the Giants with two top ten yeah, picks. Right. And you can kind of like, you know, move one up and then get the guy, then you know, still have the 
at the, at number two is is now you kind of force your hand because your second one is what thirty second. Yeah. No way on you know LeBron's internet that you're gonna be able to move from thirty second to three to you know without giving up half Detroit. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I just think that it it now as much as I love the fact that Kayvon Thibodeau should be the pick, I can understand if they chose Malik Willis at number two, although I would have gone with him with the second first round pick. Um, yeah, that, but it just changed. And, you know, now that, that horse is out of the barn, man. It, it's not going to happen. Did you see Mike, Mike Tomlin at the senior bowl, just like trying to shove the Detroit coaches out of the way to get time with Malik <laughs> on the field. That was crazy. He was like madly in love. There's no way he's getting past 20 or they're trading up somehow to grab him. I swear. Yeah, so it's just it's you know it's that strategy is now gone for Detroit. So you know unless you're the Giants and you want to get up to number two to get Thibodeau, or you should take Malik Willis. But if you want to get up to get Thibodeau, if you're the Giants and the Detroit can move down to five and keep thirty two, then you could probably have your cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm, but <laughs> I, I think at number two, they have to go. They're, they're going to probably be forced now to go Malik Willis. Mm. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about some of these rankings. I wanted, I wanted to get that out of the way early for folks where, you know, where, where the lion's heads at, but I want to walk through some of these and I, and I'm not giving your book away, but I, I, there's one, uh, there's a couple oh, there's of a thousand players. There's no way you can give the book away. Right, right, right. <laughs> your number two quarterback, Caleb Ellaby from Western Michigan. He's not, I don't see anyone else with him number two overall. Talk about this and what you saw in Caleb that pushes pushes him so high on your board for quarterbacks. Firstly, you know, and this is why I love my process because I don't get because Jeff talked about it. I, I call college games and I'm covering the NFL uh, as well throughout the season. You know, I'm on CBS Sports, so I'm I'm doing all those things. I don't really get into the draft until January, or you know, once the uh, college season is done. And I get ready to go on at least all-star game trips, right? Right. So all throughout the season, I, you know, and when you see, you know, draft Twitter talk about a player and you see the name constantly pop up, I already know the player is probably not good. So I'm just, I, I saw Caleb Ellaby's name a lot. I'm like, all right, whatever. He's probably not good. <laughs> um, but then when I got to watch him, I'm like, oh, that's a really, and, and the big games, Pitt, Michigan, I'm like, he's playing really – he outplayed Pickett. He played really yes, well in both of those games. I'm like – They you know, won that game. <laughs> yeah, they could have won it. And I'm like, he he got – he has some talent, you know. And so, for me, it was like, this dude can actually play. And, you know, he's someone coming from a G5. I love those those G5 FCS quarterbacks that, that you know, have to play up to the level of what, you know, the competition or whatnot – and so for for me, it was just like, yo, he he's checking a lot of boxes. I could see him as someone that could be a, a nice quarterback, you know, and I would trust his development over some of these other guys that have been talked about all season long. And when people see him ranked number two, they don't see that. They see that in conjunction of, oh, he's a first round pick. But as you will see in my grades, there's only one guy that I would trust or feel comfortable with taking in the first round, and that would be Malik Willis. Everyone else is, you know, second round on back. So, yeah, he may be QB two, but he's still someone that I, I wouldn't say, 
or I would spend the first round pick on him. He is someone that I would say, okay, he can drive this bus. If we make sure everything else on this bus is where it needs to be, I can trust him to step in and really take control of the offense. There you go. Wow. That's that's interesting because the Desmond Ritters, the Sam Howells, those names are, are always the top of folks' board right behind Malik. And uh, to see Caleb pop up there like that is is interesting because, again, you did the work. You've done your you've – you've got the receipts. Yeah. <laughs> You're higher on him than I am, but that, that's, that's the fun of this. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm right or, or wrong. It's just that right. that's how I saw it. And yeah. right. we'll see it play out. And, you know, that's the beauty – like Jeff said, that's the beauty of it. You know, we'll just see it mm-hmm. play out, you know, and how it, how it will shake out. Yep. See, Emery, this is this is just so strange because everyone else is claiming how right they are. I mean, even our chat, everyone, every GM that sits in our chat right now is right about who we should pick and who we're going to pick. And here you are saying, I might not be right. I mean, what, what's going on here? <laughs> well, that's the thing. And, and I talked about this earlier on um, a different show. Like the, what, what you're looking at is my evaluations of the player. And we all know that situations dictate a lot of mm-hmm. what happens. Mm-hmm. So once a guy goes somewhere, that's a whole different set of, do you think he will be, how successful do you think he'll be? Case in point, and this is the example I brought up. In 2018, I had Rashad Penny as my number two running back. So when he went in the first round, I'm like, told y'all this dude is good. He went in the first round, you know, and so, I think I, I want to say I had Nick Chubb as number three or four. I, I think I had Nick Chubb four behind um, Saquon, uh, Rashad Penny, and Sony Michelle, and then Nick Chubb. My reason for Nick Chubb being fourth was he had the ACL injury, a gruesome injury. I didn't think he was going to be having that same explosiveness that he had prior to that knee injury, right? So I let the injury – bump him down a bit to a second round type player, right? But when Penny goes in the first round and no one had Penny as a first round talent, I'm like, I told y'all this dude could play. He's good. He goes to Seattle. I'm like, this is perfect. You know, they drafted him in the first round for a reason. And then they don't give him the football to get a ball to, to Chris Carson. Like, what, what is this? <laughs> and so now the, the, the evaluation looks like a bust, right? Right, right. Uh, but then you see what happened this past season on the back end of the season. They decided to give him the football and he's having, so it was like, all right. So was, that's why I have to make sure people understand, like yeah. it completely changes, you know? So as much as I was a big fan of Chase Edmonds, you know, he goes to Arizona where there's David Johnson, then they bring in James Connors. Like, you know, I know this dude can play and it, it shows itself when he got the start against the giants uh, out here in New York and he went for over a hundred yards. It's like, so people will say you whiffed on that. That's not a whiff on the evaluation. The situation changes how we then, you know, uh, review a guy and it's not a cop out. It's just a reality that this is what I think he, he can do, but he ended up here. Right. Right. If you get someone who wants to try to turn Malik Willis into a pocket passer, you're going to have a problem. You could have a lot of interceptions. You're right. Gonna- <laughs> Riz, what do you got, yeah. bud? Uh, I'm just thinking about like like first off, Nick Chubb um, was I don't think he was anybody's RB one that year, but he's clearly the best in the class. Like that that that's how it works, and the the circumstance helps that though. He's in Cleveland where they're dedicated to the run. They've got a fantastic offensive line. Those declined a little bit. It's a great situation for him, and and that situational fit does matter so much. 
We talk a lot about Jeff Okuda in Detroit. Number three overall pick. Hasn't really worked out. Didn't play all that well to start. Now he's, he's battling injuries. And it's a situation where a lot of people are ready to give up on him or call him a bust or whatever. And, like, would that be the case if he would have fallen, you know, a couple more spots and gone to a, a, a frankly, a better organization, a better team, a better coaching staff that, that knew what he was going to do? Um, that's one of the reasons why we get second chances and third chances when you're a, a player of that caliber. And uh, I, I just want to revisit. Do you remember where you were at on Okuda as a, as a prospect? Yeah, I want to say um, he was in the 2020 class, right? Um, yeah. Or 2020. Uh, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in 2021. So for, for me, I, and I could pull up right. Yeah, he was, he was the number three pick in the 2020 draft. And it's uh, – so, so for me, I, and I, I, you know, I have these uh, these guys graded as, um, you know, outside corner, boundary corner, uh, all those things, right? So, yeah. for, so Akuda, uh, that is going to take me too long to. to, to okay, don't, don't worry about but, that. But, but just, oh like, no, I, I have it right here. Okay, you said twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty. All right. So, is boundary field corner and uh, what would you call that other thing? Slot. Slot. Yeah. Flock okay. corner, right? So yeah. you separate those and Akuda, naturally, um, I have as, if you bear with me, because I was a big fan of his. And to me, he was someone that I thought could step in and play right away. As you see, this is what we call in the media industry stalling. Yeah, that, you're doing good, man. At least you look good. <laughs> <laughs> so just, just, to, just for... Um, for reference, all right, Akuda yeah. is here. Give me two seconds. Yeah. Go ahead. Akuda was my number one field corner. And okay. I had him with a uh I had him with a 90 grade. And my number two corner that year with an 85 and a half grade was AJ Terrell. Right? Mm-hmm. So with right. Akuda, um it's been great. <laughs> been great, right? And so that's where I had those. That's where I had Akuda. Okay. Um, but that's how I, I tend to view it. You know, if let's say he goes to Baltimore, right? Tailor made to what they want, what, what he can do. You know what I'm saying? Or someplace like that where they're going to utilize his skill set. It's you see it even with guys that are undrafted, or how long it took Sean Payton to realize that Deontay Harris can be your slot receiver as opposed to just your kickoff and punt returner. You know, right? And, you know, by the time he got him in the lineup this year with Jameis, they're connected on every deep ball. It, it, but it took him a while to realize that, a full season to realize Harris is way more than just a punt return. So a lot of it is situations, usage, and, and that's how it tends to happen. Yeah. Yep. Let's talk about um, wide receivers. If you don't mind, Riz, I want, I want to kind of move on. And I want to, as we yeah. talk about these things, Emery, there was something we, we, we had going on today and we had somebody ask, is edge the same as a linebacker? And we're, we're like, well, when you're talking about different defenses, it means something, right? So let's, I want to break down a little bit about how you've broken these positional pieces down and, and what they mean for folks, just so we can get them all up to speed. So when we talk about wide receiver, you have them broken down by split ends, flanker, slot, and inside wide out. What, give us just kind of the rundown of each, each type. Because a lot of folks are saying are, are kind of crossing them between types of receivers and lining them all up as wide receivers. And I think that might be a mistake when you start looking at the guys that your team might want. So if you don't mind, just kind of walk through that for us. Yeah, and that's why I split it up into four separate positions, because you can't ask 
Cole Beasley to to do the same things as a you know uh, Randy Moss. They're going to play two different positions. Right. Um, so a split in is your X receiver. In my eyes, that's your number one go to option. The guy that's going to you know be the bona fide route runner, the one that can win versus one on one coverage. He's strong at the line of scrimmage. He's the number one guy. Uh, the the flanker is your Z. He's the more dynamic guy, probably a little bit more athletic, probably a little bit faster. Uh, someone that's going to really generate the big play. And a slot guy is self-explanatory. We all kind of know what a slot guy is, yep. but you can't, you know, stereotype a slot guy as someone that's five nine to five eleven because we've seen taller slot guys. Hell, if Keenan Allen wanted to be, he'd be a dynamic slot receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, so. It doesn't matter how tall you are. It's about your quickness, your footwork, your agility, how quickly you can free yourself from coverage. And that's your slot guy. And the inside receivers, it's it's a it's harder to explain. But I'll use the, com- the comparison, the, the, the prototype of what that looks like is Marcus Colston, someone that it can be. He could be a split, you know, but he's probably best tighter, closer to the line of scrimmage as opposed to out by the numbers. He's probably more just inside the hash, splitting the numbers and the hash mark. You know, he's a good blocker. He's a physical receiver. Someone like that can be your bigger inside guy. So it could be an X or you could use him as that that person that's kind of, you know, almost like a big slot, so to speak, mm-hmm. but someone that you kind of can split the difference between, you know, the num- bottom of the numbers or outside the hash marks. He's kind of like right in the middle. Yeah. I look at, I want to kind of dive in on one of the guys who watched it at the senior bowl um, slot receiver, Calvin Austin. He's a guy that we were talking about him and, and we kind of came up with the, uh, he's got every single trait you want in a wide receiver except height. Cause he, he, it wasn't just that he was like a slot guy. He really had speed. He had, he could high point, he could do all kinds of things, but because of his height, it feels like he gets shoved into that kind of a slot spot. Um, what do you think about him as a prospect? And do you think he is relegated to the a slot role in the NFL? Or do you think he might be able to squeeze a little bit towards the outside more? I think um, for me, you know, personally, just to answer your second question first, I've always been big on speed on the outside, size on the inside, right? Mm-hmm. Because that size is going to take the safeties away and that makes it a track meet on the outside. But in the NFL, I can understand because the game is played, you know, in the middle of the field. There's no, you know, far hash and, you know, things of that nature like college where you can really expand yeah. and exploit, you know? So my theory may work better in college than it would in the NFL. Sure. He's going to have to prove that he can play on the outside in order to stay on the outside. One guy that, 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 I thought could play on the outside despite being a smaller guy was John Ross Um, because he had good release, good quickness. He was a savvy route runner, Um, but you know, he had to stay on the inside, but they kind of use him like an inside receiver. So they kind of let him be a split, but almost protected by someone on the outside. Um, But I do like Austin. Austin is someone that's dynamic in multitude of ways, can touch the ball, in a multitude of ways and, and can affect the game that way as well. So I think for him, why even play around and, and try to wait for him to, to get open or work himself through coverage, get the football in his hands as quickly as possible, whether you're throwing it short or handing it to him and let him do what he does. Yeah, that's fair. I like that. 
Another guy, um, you have him as a flanker. He's your number one overall, and he's a guy that a lot of Lions fans want. want. I really enjoyed watching him um, in uh, at Senior Bowl, even in the rain. He, he seemed to have those sticky kind of hands. Christian Watson from North Dakota State. This guy looks like he could bring a lot to a team like the Lions who really need. I mean, D, DJ Chark was a great addition to the team. But we need another upgrade, I feel. The Lions need another upgrade at that position because they have some good receivers. They're just slotted too high on the depth chart is is kind of the the sense that I have. What's your thoughts on Christian Watson and the Lions? I'm a big fan of his game because, you know, he is someone, you know, he's 6'4", he's 210, 215. They used to have him returning kicks. So that says a lot about his speed, number one. It says a lot about his footwork, his vision, his his run-after-the-catch ability. Um, And you like you touched on, you know, we were down at the Senior Bowl. This is someone that, you know, him and Malik Willis had their best days on the worst day out there. It was a torrential downpour. Malik Willis throwing the football like it's sunny outside and Watson catching the football like it's sunny outside. So you like that that ability to fight through, you know, adverse conditions and situations. Uh, when everyone else is dropping it, he has an easy excuse to say, hey, yeah, I'm going to drop it too because it's raining. And he played in the dome in college. He played in the dome, right? He played in the dome, and the good part is they don't have an indoor facility, so nope. they got to practice out in those elements. And so he he was someone. Even if you go watch the um, national championship game against Montana State, it was raining and slippery and slick there, and he had a better game than uh, McCutcheon did, the receiver for Montana State, who was trying to fight through the the adverse conditions. So I'm a big fan of Watson. You can involve him in a wide receiver run game. North Dakota State did that sometimes. They put him in the backfield, handed him the football, and he is from Tampa. He could fly, and, you know, you get him in an indoor situation like he did in college, like Detroit has. Uh, you can definitely uh, make things go deep down the field, especially if you get a quarterback that can push the ball deeper down the field. I, I like him. I wish, he, I wish he caught the ball a little bit cleaner, but that's, that's something um, – that, that's my thing. You know, I, I, I had that battle with, with Will Fuller, among other people. You do get better at it. Um, that, that's We've seen Will Fuller impact with his speed. And, and that's sort of the comparison that I have for him as, as an outside athlete with some size who can impact the game vertically. And if he, if he starts catching those passes even more, like, you, you got to honor it. You got to respect him because he might catch it. But when, once he does start doing that, like when, when, when Fuller got hooked up with Deshaun, I was like, oh, we really got something here. And I, would, I, I like that. I like that concept a lot. How high do you think he's going to go? It's another situation where, you know, I, I, I've been saying he's a second-round pick, you know. Mm-hmm. But now I think he's going to be one of those surprise first-round picks with like six teams that got two first-round picks. You know, you look at teams that he fits the M.O. of what the Packers look for in a receiver. He's Definitely. long, slim, and fast. Yeah, That's yeah. their M.O. I don't I don't buy the whole trailing burst to Green Bay. He doesn't fit their mold, you know. Agreed. He's a good football player, but he's 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 too thick. They like slim, fast guys. Right. Kansas City, another one. Multiple first-round picks. It makes sense. Uh, Saints, not sure because they need a tackle, and they do need a receiver. But he may be a little bit too tall for what the Saints like. But again, this is the Saints under Sean Payton. We don't know what this new, you know, coaching staff, so to speak, of the Saints will look for in a receiver. Uh, but I just think that Green Bay and Kansas City would probably, with multiple first round picks, run the risk of taking them. Yeah. So we, we were talking about the Saints trade just before you came on. 
Um, you are a New Orleans guy. I know you don't live there anymore. But your thoughts, is, is that something where they made that trade for cost containment or do you think they're aiming to move up more? I think it's cost containment, number one. Okay. Um, and also, people thought, is, oh, is they're going to get a quarterback. Like, um, did you guys not see them lose to Ron Armstead? They're probably going to get a tackle, you know, okay. and they're probably going to get someone on defense, maybe in the secondary. They lost Marcus Williams. Um, maybe you see a, a guy fall, uh, let's say like a Kyle Hamilton who may fall. New Orleans is yeah. right there to go get him. Um, or you know, they need they need a they need a tackle. They definitely need another receiver. You don't know if Michael Thomas even exists anymore. You know, we hadn't seen him in two years. Yeah. So yeah. they need a receiver and they definitely need someone they can trust at left tackle. By that too. Yep. All right. All right. Some of us, some of us want them to be moving up, but uh, you, you, you absolutely, you absolutely make sense with that. They have to get that, and that's that's right in where the value is in the first round. Now you can get me Charles Cross and and Kyle Hamilton with those picks. Okay, give me that. I want that. I like that, especially at positions of need for New Orleans. And and if you, you know, we know there's going to be two players, maybe even three, that we talk talking about in the top five that's going to fall all the way down, you know, to the end of the first round, throughout throughout the first round. And it's going to be like, wow, like almost like Justin Fields was, was sliding. He was like, wow, that's that's crazy. You know, so we know the draft is going to be a surprise like that. Um, so maybe that's why, maybe, you know, these teams do have better intel than we all do. So they know someone is potentially going to fall um, and they're going to be right in a good position to grab that player. That Justin Fields one was weird because it, there was, you know, nothing happening except he was falling. And it's like they know something. They know something. And then the Bears jump up, they grab him, and and nothing came out of anything. And he's he's looked like he's going to be a great prospect like we, we thought he, he would probably be. Um, maybe there's a little bit of uh, groupthink going on or somebody thinks somebody knows something, so they're reacting that way. Somebody just makes a bad pick and other people react. I don't know. It's... There's so much to think about. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, this part is fun, but to be sitting there with that kind of pressure on draft day that these GMs have, I don't, I don't relish that at all. <laughs> you sort of proves the point about circumstance where he landed. Did, did they do what they needed to do to develop a young quarterback? They did the opposite of that. So that's uh, I think if, if you're writing off Justin Fields now, and I know a lot of Lions fans are like, "Oh, he sucked at like." Yeah, look at the look at the coaches that he had. Look at the receivers. Look at the line that he had. It just, it just took a year to get him the people. <laughs> Give us <it> some time. <laughs> uh, we got someone in in chat. Mike Hodges is asking. He's interested in Emery's view of Alec Pierce, who's number three on your inside wide out in the draft guide. Again, uh, get on over to football. Cincinnati Bearcat. Yep. Skinsnetty. Footballgameplan.com. Get your draft guide right now. It's only 12 bucks. It's over a thousand pages of scouting information. Do not miss getting your hands on that. It is spectacular. Alec Purse. Quarterbacks in this thing. He's got quarterbacks in that I've never heard of. Yeah, and I watch a crap ton of college football, too. We got some dude from New Mexico Highlands. I don't even think that's a real school. <laughs> it's a high school. <laughs> He's going LeBron's route. All right. Alec Pierce out of Skinsinati. You got him three in the inside wide, wide outs. What do you got for from Alec for us? I like Alex Pierce, man. You know, I think he's a, a good all-around football player. Uh, I'm kind of salty he didn't catch that that pass against Alabama. I think that was a turning point of that game. Yeah. He catches that. He goes up high. It goes right through his hands. He catches that touchdown. We probably have a different game against, you know, Bama in that one. But for the most part, he was, he's been making those type of plays 
for Cincinnati all season long. So I think he's going to be a, a solid, dependable guy. Um, you know, he he's a physical player. He can run. Um, so, yeah, I think as a wide receiver two or wide receiver three within your offense, that's someone that you can definitely count on. I, I, I like his game. Um, I know some people may see him as a number two or number three overall receiver in this class. I wouldn't go that far, but that doesn't mean he can't be a very good pro player. I think he's going to be a very good pro player, almost kind of on that that Robert Woods spectrum of, mm. man, I want that dude on my team because he's kind of always making plays. Got it, got it. All right, two more. Uh, we'll, we'll hit. They're both split ends. Drake London and Chris Olave uh, out of USC and Ohio State, they're, respectively. They seem to be high on uh, in, on draft Twitter's list. Um, anything about them that really uh, jumps out at you that you kind of think you could share? Uh, Olave, I think, is the most polished receiver in the in the class. Um, everything he does is like you know peerless. It's perfect. You know, he's only, I think, a half point behind my number one flanker or split in. I believe he's right behind Drake London, I think, mm-hmm. um, in terms of a bona fide X. So wherever he goes, he's going to I think he's going to be a day one impact. Wilson is my number one inside receiver. Yep. I yep. think he's a little bit more physical than people give him credit for. And I talk with him at the combine. And I'm sitting next to him, and I'm like, you know, he's wearing a big hoodie. Like, he's a small dude, you know, measuring like 185. And I'm like, wow. You know, so the fact that he's that small, but, you know, he can win physical. Um, I said he has uh, arrogant hands, you know, thinks he can catch like everything thrown his way. And he, he, he will try, you know. And so you like that about him. And so I think both guys are, are going to be first-round picks. Um, and I do think they'll have really good careers. Awesome. All right, really quick, got one more chat. Amory, we're going we're gonna to take you online, I swear. Um, we've got someone talking about Skylar Thompson, Kansas State, as a, um, a hidden gem, intriguing prospect. You're number three quarterback, right? right. <laughs> number three, not so hidden in Emory's list. <laughs> Again, go to I thought he was going to come out last year, <laughs> um, but and, and this is the reason why he went back, because it's a running thing with him, the injuries. Um yeah. Can he be out there for a full 17-game season? And that's the biggest key. If he can be out there, sure. But, you know, he has an injury history. He has to shake that. Because when he's out there on the field with Kansas State, they move the football. Like, they're converting first downs. They're uh, executing well inside the red zone. He's a scrambler. He reminds me a lot of Derek Carr, you know. So, mm-hmm. he's someone that can help the offense go. And I just hope that he can. he's shaking the injury bug that played him a little bit this year, too, because he missed some games. Um, played him last year. That's why he came back to Kansas State. But I, when he's out there and you just grading him on what he does out there on the field, he, he's pretty excellent. He makes some special throws. <laughs> yep, yep. Right. And 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 just to talk about consistent, consistency, Emory has – Derek Carr, right there in the in the draft update there for your uh, for your comparable for him. So there you go. All right, um, let's get into tight ends. Where we're, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, where we have. Let's do the same sort of thing. You've got them listed as inline, flex, and H back, and let's kind of help people understand, you know, which types of tight ends do which kinds of things and how you have them lined up that way. Because you know, people talk about blocking tight end and receiving tight end, and I, there's a little bit more to that. <laughs> yeah, if you think inline tight end, that that's David Sloan, right? You know, that's the guy that's almost he's there in line blocking, but also can be a solid receiver uh, if when he when he has to or when he's asked to. 
The H-back is a little bit more of the wild card. Think in terms of San Francisco's fullback and tight end, George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk. Juszczyk was a tight end at Harvard. Kittle is someone that they can move around the formation. You could hand both of those guys a football, and they'll carry the football too. Um, That's more of the guy you want to detach. You don't want him kind of blocking consistently all throughout the game. Your flex guy is essentially a big wide receiver. You know, he can position block a little bit, but he's mostly out there to be a threat in the passing game, i.e. Jeremy Shockey. Uh, Not Jeremy Shockey. uh, Well, Shockey could be a little bit of both. He could be a flex in line, right? Well, everything. What's the guy that that was with the Saints? Um, Oh, uh, um, both of them. Graham. Graham. Jimmy Jimmy Graham. Graham. (laughs) I was thinking of Jimmy Graham. (laughs) Don't ask Jimmy Graham to block. Jimmy Graham is a wide Mm -hmm. receiver, a tight end in name only. He's a wide out. Uh, so that's what a flex guy is. So when you look at those positions, you could like when people say, well, we need a tight end. Well, which kind? Because you can get all three and and really fit all three in your offense. Right, right, right. OK, so there's a guy and he's he's on your list. And I, I don't have it right at my at my fingertips, but uh, we got to start with Dan Bellinger. We interviewed him at the senior bowl. He, he he took a little spot in our heart. He's such a great guy. <laughs> What do you like in San Diego State? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you what do you like about Dan? I mean, we're talking about him later in the draft as someone who could come up and and, and give the Lions some help at that position. They need some some work at uh at, at tight end, and and Dan seems to have some some capabilities and might be a good kind of late round guy at grab to to provide some help. It feels like. Yeah, he's someone again. You could if you told me certain programs, San Diego State, Utah, um, you know. We, we got a prospect for these guys sight unseen. I want them because I know the type of player they're going to be. And he's consistent, you know, in, in everything that he does. So I think he's more along the lines of what you would want uh, as your tight end too, mm-hmm. um, because you already have a, a solid tight end option at number one, complimentary tight end, but that, but that can also yeah. help you out in the run game. That's why I see him uh, fitting as a pro player. I'm going to ask you about somebody from my alma mater, Ohio University. He was a quarterback at UNLV, Amani Rogers. Is is there any hope that he might be a player? Upside. Yeah, because we were at the the Shrine Bowl this year out in Vegas. And and it's funny because during the practices, you're watching him, you like, and you you really, after like a couple of plays, you just think like, oh, that's homeboy. You thought mm-hmm. he was a, a tight end his whole career with how smooth he looked. So he's able to get open. He's able to catch the football. We know about his speed. He had it with a 90-yard something run. 96-yard run, longest run ever by a quarterback. <laughs> Crazy, right? And so you take all of the all of those things and you think what Taysom Hill is, right? Well, this mm-hmm. is another example. You can have you, – you have so many options with him on your football team. He was someone that I would probably get on day three – and have as a jack of all trades. You got him and you got the kid from Ferris State, Bernhardt. You know, the yes. ass from uh, that was a lacrosse player at Maryland. Bernhardt played yeah. quarterback at Ferris State. He's another one that could be that Taysom Hill guy that you stash and utilize. But he's like 27 years old. But you yeah, know, he's 26. Yeah. 26. Yeah. So you don't have yeah. as much room to grow with him as you would with Armani Rogers. But I like yeah. Rogers. I, I like the upside of Rogers and that he's still growing into that position in which he played well albeit in, in what, uh, three to four practices at the yeah. Shrine Bowl. Good. You made me happy. Well, anytime I can talk about Ohio Bobcat football, I will do so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I know, I know, I know. All right, um, we've got Steve O talking about somebody, and the, I, I'm just I I wanted to mention his name, and he's given me the opportunity to do something something just a name that'll trigger Lions fans. Uh, Jelani Woods from Virginia. <laughs> what's your thoughts on uh, our last Jelani didn't work out so well? Uh, what's your thoughts on uh, young Mister Woods? <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good, man. And it's you know I know people get fascinated with the the height. And everything, and you know, but you want to see him. Um, sometimes he plays tall. You know, he him and and Austin Allen at Nebraska. Allen is six eight, and Jelani is six seven, and both of these guys tend to play tall. And you want them to get better pad level. Um, I know he tested well, but sometimes he may not play what he you know what his test numbers may indicate. Um, so you want to see that consistency within his game start to flatten out. We get enamored with the height and just envision, oh, it's going to be jump balls all day. But, you know, sometimes guys just don't have that, that type of capability. I think he's still, he's still a little raw in, in my eyes um, in terms of, you know, where he is to have an impact right now. So I think he does need a little bit more grooming um, on a roster first. You're tight end two, tight end three, you know, to where he can, you know, start to level out that athleticism with, you know, the play and that way he could really take off kind of uh, the, the type of guy that would hit on, hit on Risden's wife, the Joe Fourier mold. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun day. I yeah. can't believe that. I can't believe that. It's he, he, he shared that openly. He shared that openly. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking out of school here, but that's true. Um, I, I am an Isaiah likely fan. Uh, tell me what your thoughts are on the coastal Carolina guy. Coming from the Sun Best Conference, you know, obviously he's ideally, uh, you know, he's already ready for the pro game playing uh, down in the Sun Belt. But in all seriousness, um, you know, he's someone that that's a receiving option. I love the the effort in in, in you know the run blocking department. Um, that's all you can ask for for a skill player is the effort is there. The technique may not be always there, but he can get open and he can catch football. And as we've seen all throughout his career and even this season, you know, he can really get down the field and be a rack player, you know, run after catch guy. So I think he's a solid prospect. Um, I think he would work well in a tandem with another tight end. He he can't be your go-to guy, but he's someone that can annoy the hell out of you if you have a tight end one and now your your linebacker or your safety is trying to cover this guy who can get open himself. Yep. Like Harrison Bryant in Cleveland playing off the Joku. Just like that. <laughs> yep. That's- yep. It's like it's like we're reading the same scouting report. I, 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 <laughs> I got a thousand page one that I read. Uh, all right, I want to move over to defense, and, and particularly, particularly, we spoke uh, about Kayvon Thibodeau already, but defensive ends, uh, edge, um, five tech. Let's talk about these because again, we, we, this is exactly where we had confusion in conversations on Twitter today. Um, let's talk about the difference between edge, four three, and five tech defensive ends. So people kind of get an idea of exactly what it is that we're looking at when we talk about these guys. Well, your four three in is a guy that that you can you know he's a standard base in you know someone that can play to run well. He can you know apply some pressure. Um, he's someone that that you really consider, uh, let's say a Michael Strahan type, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know someone that can just be your base defensive end. Edge is something new that just came into the lexicon. I want to say about seven or eight years ago. Um, but really what that is is a weak side defensive end. That's a, a pass rusher, someone that can get after the quarterback. He can be a, a weak side defensive end in the 4-3 or a stand-up edge rusher in a 3-4 defense. So he is essentially a pass rusher. 
Um, and a five tech is someone that can play in uh, like, a, you know, like a, a straight hand. I keep using him as an example, but he could play him. You know, you know what? You was a perfect five tech um, that, that had that blend. Reggie White, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. he could mm-hmm. he could be big enough to where he can you could have him over the guards. Um, but he was also athletic enough to where he can be out over the tackle or he can be in between both and cause a problem. Um, so that's what a five tech is. Someone that can be an in, but in a in a three four can play a little bit of a a tackle role, but he's still technically in in. Yep, yep. All right, there's a, there's a couple guys I want to talk about here, and this is let, let's let's first go to the five tech ends because this is a guy a lot of people you know twi- draft Twitter's talked about Lions draft Twitter. Um, Trayvon Walker at two, you've got him at two for a five tech behind Cameron Thomas from San Diego state. Um, I'm not going to say, I think you might not like, like Georgia guys, but we're going to bring up another one here in a little bit. <laughs> That's going to surprise some people. Um, talk about Cameron Thomas and what, why you put him above Trayvon Walker. I, I didn't realize Cameron Thomas was someone that no one is, is, is talking about. You, you figure with Detroit. the amount of times he's in the backfield and how disruptive he is up front and have how good of a defense San Diego State has. You're like, wow, why isn't this guy being talked about as a first-round pick or a high second-round pick? Um, he's lengthy. He's disruptive. He's athletic. You know, even if he can't get back to disrupt the play in the in the backfield, he's active at the line of scrimmage. I think he's exactly what you want. Um, playing with length, playing with athleticism, disruptive, can, you know, can be moved across the front. And I, kind of inside. I, I love him attacking the inside shoulder of the, of the tackle or the outside shoulder of the guard. I thought that's where he was at his best. And that's that, that's right where he have a five T. So, yeah. And so that's what I'm saying like that, you know, because, you know, who else was was good like that um, coming out of college? Uh, Cam Jordan, mm-hmm. you know, yes. he's trying to play yes. that same role at Cal. And so I, I see him. I'm like, yo, this dude can, it's hard to ignore what the tape tells you. And this dude can play. And like you said earlier, you know what you're getting out of San Diego State guys. You know because they have coaching stability, their program. They have certain standards that they 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 keep them there. Like it's it's not a program that you hear a great deal about, especially living where we do. But like they they got dudes, man, (laughs) all across the board, man. The receiver, uh, tight end, corner, safety. I'm all in on San Diego State players. Yeah, a guy that seems to have been walking up the boards. Um, since the end of November, December, uh, Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. I really, really like that guy. And there was a point when it looked like, hey, maybe we could kind of think about someone like him at, at 32. Doesn't feel like there's any chance now. There's no chance at all of, of him falling that far. Um, talk about Jermaine Johnson a little bit, what he brings as an edge rusher. I think he's better as an edge um, when he doesn't have to really get off the ball and get off blocks right away when he could just be twitched up and go. I think that's where he's best suited. Um, and he, he showed this year that, Hey, you know, even though he was their best pass rusher, he still was able to be productive and he was able to rush on both ends. Uh, so, you know, someone that that's versatile still is growing in the right direction. And I'm glad he had the breakout year. Cause I, I kind of wanted him to be at Georgia still, but you know, he had to go do what he had to do and went to Florida state and really stood out at that program. Absolutely. All right. So you're, you're standing there. Let's take Kayvon and Aiden Hutchinson off the, off the table. Um, you're looking at Jermaine Johnson, George Karloftis, 
Um, Isaiah Chambers, Cameron Thomas, Trayvon Walker. You're the Detroit Boy, Lions. Moffey fits in there. There's a lot of dudes. <laughs> well, I'm I'm trying to Logan keep it to Hall. the top of Emory's world, right? Where he's 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 yeah. got his big guys here. You got to pick between those for the Lions scheme, Lions fit. Who do you think is the guy? If it's not Aiden or it's not Kayvon, where do they land him? I'd say they probably, you know, judging by, um, you know, uh, the coaching staff. I say Carl Loftus would be the the better fit for Detroit. Um, productive, effective, stepped in to Purdue as a five-star, started as a freshman, you know, so he can play. Um, and and he he is being underrated how Kerrigan was when he was coming out of Purdue. It's like, man, all this dude does is get sacks. He had double-digit sacks. Not saying Carlotta's had the same production, but it was obvious that this dude can play. He's a great pass rusher. Um, I think Carlotta's would be a good fit for Detroit my second choice probably would be Johnson because he's twitched up. Mm-hmm. Um, but Detroit's defense isn't necessarily, you know, conducive to him to where he can have success. So it probably would have to go Walker. Um, but I would probably go Carl Loftus. I think he, I think the coaching staff would just love Carl uh, Loftus. There you go. All right. All right. I want to get to the, 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 the biggest controversy, I think, for, for Lions fans <laughs> in, in, in the rankings. Uh, inside linebackers. And Nicobe Dean is number four. And I have people today saying take him two overall. Um, but a lot of people tell me to take him at two overall. Yeah, it's been a crazy day for Nicobe Dean fans. Um, and and again, we're not we're not saying you don't like Georgia or guys from Georgia, but like uh, Chad Muma, he's a guy we, we we like a lot. Really like him. You you have him up top. Talk about why Nicobe Dean's not at the top of your list. What's what's missing from his game? And then uh, let's we'll talk about Chad Muma after that a little bit. It's the fact that other guys are, are more athletic, you know, and that's the biggest key. Tyndall, to be honest, Channing Tyndall is more athletic than Nicobe Dean. Yep. Walker is more athletic than Dean. I, lo- I love Quay Walker for Detroit in the second round at, at 34 if they're going linebacker. Right. If they're going to go forward, you could look at someone that could play all three positions in Troy Anderson. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's another mm-hmm. one that uh, that would be an ideal fit. So much better athlete with more size. Exactly. And uh, bingo. And, you know, the things that you like about Dean, the instincts, the ability to really pinpoint where to go. Anderson has the same things because Anderson was an offensive guy. So he's kind of like that Devin uh, uh, White type deal where he played running back, played quarterback, kind of understands what's about to happen and is able to get there athletically. Dean is smart. Dean is good. But the the athleticism, I think, is a little bit limiting for him. Um, so that's why, you know, he is not as high on my uh, inside linebacker list as other guys are. And DeMarco Jackson out of um, absolutely. Yeah, it's like when I was I was studying uh, Max Mitchell and I'm like, man, something wrong with my film because this dude is like moving at four times the speed, <laughs> you know. So I had to I close out, reboot it. I'm like, that's just how fast he is. And he is explosively fast. So, it, and yeah. I, and it, that's a little bit of me, you know, grading the tape, but also understanding while I'm grading what is working in the NFL, you know? So when we heard those things about Dean perhaps falling, that's probably why, because it's the athleticism um, that, that's going to be knocking him down. It's not saying he can't play. He may even be there at 32 in which you do select Nicobe Dean, you right, know, right? because uh, there's value now. 
But if right. you're talking about the top tier of the first round, you're talking about special athletes in addition to special players. Right. Right. Okay. Let's, let's, let's talk about Mumo a little bit because this is a guy that I don't think gets enough love. He went to Wyoming, didn't didn't play a lot of competition, but we've seen him. He can play. <laughs> and he can run too, man. He can cover so much ground in terms of, you know, he'll be reading the perimeter run play, realize his play action, get back into his zone drop quickly. Some guys, when they read play action and they guess wrong, Forget about them getting in back and covers. They're, they're dead in the water. But this dude can recover. He's athletic. He can run with, with backs. He can run with tight ends. He can carry that cover, too, right down the middle of the field, uh, down the seam. He is legit athletic. Um, and, and that's what plays nowadays. You know, he's he can run. You know, the upside is there because he can he still has some, you know, rough edges around his game. But that can be smoothed out, I feel as though. But you can't coach and can't teach speed athleticism he has that in space and he also can play yep. there you go all right um troy anderson we talked about him and your your outside uh linebackers um let's get into cornerbacks really quick um we've got three types never here have enough corner. Never. <laughs> yeah no it, we saw it in the lions last year you you can never have enough corners i mean we were picking up you know, the, the, the corpse of players to get to try to put somebody on the field. And if you was, go back and look at my guy last year, I had a high grade on Jacobs, who yeah. ended up undrafted <laughs> and starring. Jerry Jacobs is a big friend. He's been on the show several times. He's, yeah. he's, he's good. We're, we're, we're tight with Jerry. So, yeah, seatbelt gang, baby. Yeah. <laughs> he's our guy. He is our guy. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Check Twitter this weekend, by the way, everyone. Don't forget. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we have uh, cornerbacks. Uh, you got boundary, you got field corners, and you have slot corners. I think slot corners is, look, is, is, is kind of self identifying as a slot receiver. So help us with the boundary and the field corners. And uh, what's, the, what's the difference between those guys? Well, this is more along the lines of, of the college game, too, because, you know, in, in my opinion, a boundary corner is the same thing as a split in. That's your number one guy. That's the guy that doesn't need safety help over top. Field guy is probably the more athletic of the two, and he's covering a little bit more field, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So he's going to need that safety help. You know, he may not be as technically sound as the the boundary guy, um, but he's able to run. He's able to. He's athletic, and sometimes you can have guys that can do both. Right. You know. Uh, but in the NFL, the game is played right in the middle of the field, so it really eliminates boundary and field side, but you, you have those, those tags in my, in my guide to let you know, I think this guy can be on your number one. Uh, you know, there you go. Um, and talk about speaking of the guide footballgameplan.com. go on over, get the, uh, the draft guide. And uh, it's only 12 bucks. we got crew dog here in the chat. Just bought your draft guide. Emery. Thank you. Um, go pick those up. I, I'm telling you, You'll love it. You'll be so happy. You will be the most educated draft Nick this side of Mel Kuyper. I don't know. <laughs> Where the hell is Miles College at? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I want to talk about um, there's, there's a guy who's, whose name is big. A lot of people talk about it in Detroit land. Sauce Gardner. He's number two on your boundary cornerbacks behind a guy named Kair Elam from Florida. Florida, not a big school this year, right? Not a big impact. Have a new coach coming next year, right? That, that's how great things were in Florida. I only know 
really well because my son's accepted as a Gator, just for those who didn't hear it last time. Uh, anyway, um, quarterback Kyir Elam. Let's talk about him first and then get into Sauce Gardner and uh, what, what those guys bring to the game. Well, Kyir is someone that, that really – put the clamps on a lot of number one receivers. Except at Stanford. At Stanford. It, well, <laughs> right? Stanford, it was really getting in there. Uh, Sanford has that receiver, Montreal, Washington. Sanford was really giving Florida the business. But anytime Elam was lined up on Washington when he drew that assignment, it didn't. he didn't have success. Just like when you could watch the Bama game. He, he played Williams. great against Alabama. Yeah. Exactly. Great game. great game, right? Williams didn't have as much success. So he's and, and he is the reason why I think he should be talked about in the same breath as the Stingleys and the Gardeners. He's tall, but you, you see his fluidity and, and athleticism like he's a 5'10 guy. You realize he's 6'1", you know, so he's got long arms. He can press. He can he can mirror and match. He does everything that you want a top corner to do, and he's doing it fluidly from a 6'1 frame or in a 6'1 frame. So to me, he's a top-tier talent. And Sauce is someone that is clearly – um, he's got the confidence. He's probably on that Jalen Ramsey spectrum to where he's a tall guy, maybe playing a little bit unorthodox uh, style, sure. you know, not probably how you would coach it up, mm-hmm. but it works for him and it's effective. The biggest thing for him is the obvious thing is probably the weight. Um, and, you know, he's going to, he, that's something you can put on, yeah. you know, that's, that's like saying somebody has to get stronger. Okay. We could do that. Um, but you can't make him better. You know, that's, Unless right. they come out of Alabama, right? You're not going to put a weight on an Alabama guy because they get all the weight on him in college. You have to take weight <laughs> off an Alabama guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but but Sauce, is, Sauce has been outstanding from day one, man. And ball skills, ball awareness, ball instincts, length at 6'2". So he really can close those passing windows. He can cloudy up uh, windows as well. So that's a, it's hard to complete passes because of how long he is and how great of ball skills and ball awareness he has. Yeah. I'll tell you just really quick, harkening back to Jerry Jacobs, who you called out um, last year and uh, who we watched. I really, you talked, you talked about that kind of fluidity when he came to camp, he was just, he said he was like 5% body fat. He was just absolutely incredibly ripped. He was like that 80 style, big V shaped body. You know, you know what I'm talking about? And I was like, ah, he's not going to be able to play corner. There's no way. And then them hips flipped. And I was like, what? It was, I, I did not expect anything that I saw about his ability to move and the watching NFL players over the years and you know how they can flex now for their size and their ability to move. I, I have to shake a lot of old kind of constructs out of my brain because it's a completely different player. And every year they just keep growing and, 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 and changing the things that they can do. And, and it's, it's hard. You got to shake away some of those old biases. <laughs> Jerry Jacobs was my number 11 boundary corner. Um, and my strengths, I had excellent ability in zone coverage, able to diagnose what's taking place in front of him and read and react accordingly. Good technical skills. Half turn technique is, is solid. He has above average agility, stronger run support, as well as being good as, as applying pressure off the short corner. And he could turn and run with receivers with ease. Does a solid job of playing the upfield shoulder. There you go. There it is. That's pretty dang accurate based on what we saw in Detroit <laughs> last year. <laughs> This guy might know a thing or two, folks. (laughs) Go on over to footballgameplan.com. Get that draft guide. It's only 12 bucks. It's the best 12 bucks you'll spend all week. All right. um, Let's talk about safeties really quick. Safety is a big spot of need for the the Lions. And I'm going to – this is maybe actually the most – 
controversial of all your rankings. So I'll, I'll, I'll do this one first. Um, but let's let's before we get into it, let's talk about safety is free safety, strong safety and, and combo safety. I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory. Right? Yeah. Combo right. safeties is the they can play either safety spot, but also can cover. Right. You know, so they can probably be a slot corner as well, too. Yep. Yep. So I want to start with the, the thing that's going to just get people, you know, steam coming out of their ears. There's a ton of talk of Jaquan Brisker for the Lions. Bottom of the first round, end of the first round, we can get him maybe 34. He's the guy. And I look in your safety charts and I see number 10 at combo safety is is Brisker. And there's a whole bunch of guys ahead of him. Talk about brisker and why he's is it the exceeding talent up the list of the other safeties that has pushed him down or is there something that kind of is was a little off for you about where you where you ranked him you know with, with brisker and i'm pulling up his scout report now i know his name has been hot for a while um and you know so you love the the, the football talent yeah. but when you're talking about you know play speed and you know, making plays. I think he makes the plays um, that you expect him to make. You you would want a safety in a first round type situation that people are talking to make those plays outside of what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I feel like he doesn't make enough of those. Um, and, and I'm looking at his areas of improvement. He has good, not great speed and explosiveness. It's just about average. So. You know, if he's playing back deep in a split safety, look, his eyes can't get influence, causing a little bit of hesitance, which we know any half second of hesitance is that's a big play over over your head in the passing game. That's why we need a safety better than Will Harris right now. (laughs) There you go. So you need someone that that really can stay disciplined. You need you need someone that can really, um, you know, be as disciplined as you need a safety to be. Uh, you have a lot of Jaquan Briskers already, in my opinion, yeah. you know, and I, I feel like that is why he didn't grade out as high uh, on, on, in my ranking. Right. I think it's fair. completely fair. Yeah. Now, let me go and I'm going to make a comparison. Sorry, Riz. I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm really loving Emery. Sorry. <laughs> I, 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 we usually oh, go good. back and forth with the questions and I'm just I'm just hogging all my all the Emery time. I just want to compare. You talk about the speed uh, of, of Brisker. Kyle Hamilton. Uh, ran the 40. It was There's a knock on him for the 40. Lions fans still feel the the burning sensation and itching <laughs> from T's Tabor uh, being slow. And they're like, oh, man, he, he, we, we can't do it. We're out on Kyle. But in your in your guide, you talk about Kyle and how fast he plays. And there's I think there's this this GPS speed and play speed versus track speed. Help me help me kind of figure out why Kyle's up at the top and, and while he's the seat, free safety and you got Jaquan down there uh number 10 and, they, and it feels like we're hearing they're about the same speed wise. We lost Emery. He froze. He'll be back. He'll be back. That was a great question. I really set that up well, Riz. I'm sorry for yeah, saying all your good time. play speed. Oh, here we go. All right, sorry Emery, we lost you. We're frozen for a bit. You're back now. Uh play speed and instincts go hand in hand. Um, so they're tied together. Uh, and if you can see it or anticipate it, you get over there faster and it makes it looks like you're, you're running four, three, four, four. Air Reed was someone that had great instincts and play speed, probably didn't run the fastest 40 times. And I'm not saying Hamilton is Ed Reed. I'm just talking about why it looks like someone may be faster than what they ran in the 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you are, that shows about his football IQ and his instincts which is why he's able to get over top and make plays um, in, in any direction, to be honest. So 
I don't see an issue with his time speed because he plays faster than if he ran a four four eight. People were like, "Yo, yeah, that that makes sense." Because look at look at look at his film, you know. But because he didn't run a four four eight or a four four flat or whatever, people will say, "Well, he's not fast." Well, I mean, we'll look at his film. His film is showing you he's he's playing fast. Right. Right. And you didn't really see that with T's. And that's one of the things people need to separate. Because, look, again, you get scarred, right? I mean, it's PTSD a little bit for a lot of, a lot of folks. And you start thinking, well, you know, we picked slow T's, but T's played slow, too. I mean, he was never just a, a, a superstar as, as far as a speed demon on the field. And we're, we're past that now, thankfully. <laughs> Evidently, Chicago so I, is. I'm looking at your safety. I'm looking at your strong thing. You've got. McCollum from Sam Houston State as your number two strong safety. Talk to me about him a little bit because I've watched some. I've watched some SHSU. I didn't see that in him. So, so sell me on him. Yeah, because people focused on. I think people focused on his brother. His brother Zion. Yeah, Zion yeah. corner. Yeah. But in reality, um, you know, the other, you know, the you know the twin. Or the, the, other, other. the other brother, right? <laughs> uh, but he's pretty good too, and he's someone that that he is uh, an alley defender, you know, running downhill. He's probably more your classic strong safety, um, mm-hmm. you know, that can come down and, and lay the boom. You know, he gets a little bit stuck in the mud, getting fascinated with what goes on in the backfield, like most strong safeties tend to do because they're aggressive. But I love the length that he has, the closing speed when he's going downhill, when he's operating in that, in that cone type uh, situation from where he sees it to sideline to sideline, he can get down there and pretty quickly. And he's an enforcer over the middle of the field. So I think athletically he, he checks out just like his brother. Um, and when you get someone that six one, you know, can run like he did jump like he did. So he's, he's explosive. That's someone I think can fit in today's game uh, at, at a strong safety position. For sure. Um, really quick, I got to talk about. There's a couple of folks having a, 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 a kind of rough conversation in the chat. You guys, head on over to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Take care of that pain, anxiety, and sleeplessness, and get yourself get your head straight. cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. They got great stuff. Sometimes for folks who want to buzz, you get your buzz, or you can just get to take care of that pain, anxiety, or insomnia. cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. It'll calm down your chat. So get over there and take care of yourself right now. <laughs> All right. Um, had to get my read in. I had, a, I had a group of people that gave me a good reason for it. All right. <laughs> um, there's some question about Reed Blankenship. I know uh, Riz loves Reed. <laughs> uh, Middle Tennessee guy. You have him uh, ranked third as far as free safeties go. Uh, talk to us about him. Where do you think he can he could get picked up? And also after that, where do you think Hamilton's going to wind up in the in the draft? I think Hamilton is going to end up as a first round pick. Um I, you know, I, I wouldn't see – I wouldn't be surprised to see someone, uh, you know, like Pittsburgh, mm. like make a play for him. Now that now they have like Biscuit. Minka. <laughs> yeah, like like Minka can now roam and you don't have to worry about getting beat deep. You know, you have someone that can really, you know, play that center field. Right. Um, but in, in terms of the uh, – who's the other player? Um, Reed Blankenship. Riz, Riz is going to get a tattoo of his name on his. On his he was. I thought. I, I thought he was in last year's draft. You know, I thought he came out. Last he was year. going to. He's going to. Yeah. You know, he yeah. he is really good, man. It, it was there was two safeties at Middle Tennessee. Um, both are really good, but Blankenship is the cleanup man. This dude is is excellent in terms of you know making sure you don't get beat deep, making sure you don't get outflanked on a in a perimeter run game. 
He is flying in the alley. He is someone that I am a big fan of. I thought he had a solid week at the East-West Shrine Bowl this year, but I like Reed Blankenship um, because he's someone that helps keep you in, you know, he, I don't want, I don't want to say something negative about another player that is unprovoked, but he is someone that won't get you beat deep. He played great against Liberty in not letting Malik get free. And I thought that, and that was, they weren't necessarily using it as a spy, but you could see like the principles, like you just talked about, like he understood, like I talk about football geometry all the time. He understands angles. He understands his responsibility. He understands also like, Maybe this linebacker in front of me, I think he's going to jump out here. So I'm going to I'm going to hedge this way. He, he has that, and I I just love that kind of a player. Right on. That, that that's a great way to put it. The football geometry, because you have to understand. Not only do you have to understand where the back or the quarterback or the receiver is going, you have to also know. I know my guy can't get there. You right. Know? So I got to help him out. I know he may be steamrolling toward that way, <laughs> but I know what his speed look like. I see it every day. I'm gonna just help him all just kind of give him a little buffer zone too and try to help beat the, you know, to help him make that tackle, make that play. That's a great point. All right. Um, let me get, let me go over one more player. We got uh, in the chat, uh, raw Detroit's asking uh, about JT Woods, a Baylor. Um, we're not going to talk about him. You got to go to footballgameplan.com and get the guide for him, but we will talk about uh, smoke Monday. Do you think he's going on Thursday or Friday? Like smoke, right? <laughs> I like smoke, man. Smoke. You need, you need at least, you need at least three Smoke Mondays on your team. Anything over three, you're pushing it. It's, it's you know, you, you might get, it may be mutiny. <laughs> Baltimore Ravens do a great job of, you know, towing that line of those type players. You know, you 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 love the aggressiveness. You love the don't give a F-ness. Um, but you can only have three. You know, if, if you have anything more than three, it's going to be chaos. You know, you can't have that many players like Smoke Monday on, on your team, but you need Smoke Mondays on your team. Um, and I, I just love the enthusiasm in which he plays with. Um, he's another one of these enforcers. Uh, he could have way more picks if he just picks his head up and, and you know, focuses on the ball instead of a knockout blow. Um, but I, I just, I'm a big fan of him and how he plays because you need that on defense. You know, Riz, I think this is the next time – the three of us are in the same place at the same time. We have to talk about the intersection of Smoke Monday theory and Dude Theory because I think there is a, an intersection on both of those. I like it. Out your, I like the way that Emery put that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, want, I want to ask you real quick about Roger McCreary. Um, does his length or lack thereof bother you? Not one bit, Jeff. And it's, it's funny because it's like as you were watching, as I'm grading receivers, so I'm grading, you know, George Pickens. I'm grading all the Alabama receivers. I'm grading – you know, guys from LSU, I'm grading, you know, uh, Penn State receiver, uh, Dotson, and I'm grading Traylon Burks. I'm like, wait a minute. They're having their worst game against a dude from Auburn. Why is, why is he not number one overall? Why is he not in the top five? I don't care how small his arms are. It, maybe if he had longer arms, he had more interceptions. But, damn, he's breaking up every pass. He, and they're, they're, he has them in crisis. It's like, this is the dude. I want, and I have a pretty high grade on him because of his coverage skills. He's someone that travels, and he can play inside. So I think McQuarrie is a first-round pick all day. I don't care what he ran. I don't care how long his arms are. 
I know when I watch him versus Alabama, James Williams and Mechie, when I watch him against uh, Dotson at Penn State and I watch him against Burks, I'm like, they're having a tough time against this dude from Auburn. And he's a legit cover guy, big fan of his game. But we're friends, Henry. Let me <laughs> remind, I could be wrong here, and I'm, I'm, I'm totally willing to be. Didn't he come in heavy when, at the weigh-in at the Senior Bowl? Am I remembering that right? He came in heavy and so then didn't he? He came leave? in smaller than expected, What's and that? his hands were small. Oh, that was big. Yeah. All right. I'm going to ask you an obligatory question about a specialist. Would you ever draft a punter, and why wouldn't it be Matt Ariza? <laughs> oh, listen, I would draft I would draft a punter over a kicker because I know hey. a punter is is defense. I know kickers are points, but kickers can get you can get inside of a kicker head. You can't get inside of a punter's head. You know, they their their psychology is that of a defensive player. Um I would take a punter because field position is a thing. Um the fact that you you got sky kicks that they can really hang up there and force you to fair catch. Um they can help flip field position. That's a legitimate defensive weapon. And I know McPherson is a big reason why the Bengals were in the Super Bowl. Um, but you hope his psyche is okay. That You hope that about every kicker. Because I would have taken Aguayo a, a because he was making all those clutch click, kicks and then he gets to the league and he can't get out of his own head. So punters, you never have to worry about. I'm taking a punter in a draft. If, if one meets the criteria like a Matariza does, that's the one I'll draft. All right. There you know. See, I need to get Emery hooked up with my neighbor. He was a punter at Georgia Tech, and he 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 gave up and went to school. He should have he should have been in Emery's draft list. <laughs> <laughs> my guy, that, that maybe next year I'll add specialists in there, but that'll be pushing a great and like I, I, there's that, only that, then you get a whole lot more. I I I, I will so notice weird. people like if if everybody like the, the dude from Penn State this year who was disrupting the senior bowl practice because he was punting the ball so dang far. Like, okay, <laughs> I like that guy. Like, I, right. I, can, I can make that work. <laughs> I, I would easily cheat punters and just like, who has the highest, you know, punt average? That's number one right there, you know, okay. so – well, Emery, I appreciate you. I appreciate your coverage. I appreciate that you were out there with us in the rain and the downpour of the Senior Bowl. We didn't cover from the hotel room. You were right there, right there, getting it done. That's the way you do it. Love it, man. Appreciate it and and absolutely love having you on the show. I want to do this more often if we can because Riz has to be able to talk to you more. He doesn't get to talk to you enough, and I stole all the Emery thunder today. <laughs> we'll bring you in after the draft sometime in the summer maybe and, uh, and review what we've talked about uh, and what we've, what we've got um, because you are the resource for undrafted free agents because with over a thousand players in your guide there's only what a third of the players that are in there are going to get drafted exactly. <laughs> uh, i know i will be using it when i'm like <laughs> who's this guy like miles college really is that, is that really I, I i i truly don't believe that that exists i think you made that player up <laughs> <laughs> well and i, I told emory we we're going to use the guide as the picks come in and uh emory says you know it'll be emory says you know <laughs> for just about every pick out there but it's quality stuff and so i am will we will be reporting what emory says during our draft show so be sure about that emory yeah. love it love having you on man thanks thank so, you much so much for, for coming in and spending an hour with a little over an hour we kept you way too long my friend so thank you thank you we we were very appreciative of your time. I appreciate you guys, man. And yeah, let's do it again after the draft. Can't wait. Good deal. Cannot wait. Emory Hunt, don't forget footballgameplan.com. Get that draft guide right now. It's the best. It's 12 bucks. It's a cup of coffee from, from Starbucks nowadays, right? <laughs> it might be 24 for the coffee. This is still 12 bucks. Go up there, get that right now. It's some of the best draft materials you will find. And uh, do, you, do, do people get access to the old stuff? 
when they when they get the new one too. Yeah, they could they could buy the old it's footballgameplan.com slash twenty twenty two draft guide. So if you want to get the old draft guide, 2021, 2020. So go. it's uh, you know, this one is twenty twenty two draft guide. So footballgameplan.com slash twenty twenty two draft guide, the largest draft guide in draft guide history. No one else has this many prospects. It's well worth your money. Absolutely. Emery Hunt, CBS Sports HQ and Football Game Plan. Follow him on Twitter. Football Game Plan is his Twitter. Go get him and follow him and have fun. He is one of the finest people you will meet. I talk about all the great people we've met since we started doing this show almost eight years ago now. And uh, Emery is one of the good guys. So make sure you get him in there. Emery, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate you having you on the show. Appreciate you guys. All right. You too, man. We'll see you. All right. All right. Emery Hunt, bringing it. Bringing the heat. I love that. Okay, really quick, want to talk about, uh, we got two more things we want to hit. The first one is, we're going to 4K. We're going to do this. It's an expensive proposition to make this happen. We're using Super Chat because the audio listeners, they don't care. They don't see us. They just yeah, you, want, you, want, you want better view of where I'm at right now because uh, my, for whatever reason, my audio and my video have not survive this latest windows update very well <laughs> we need we need to get rid of the cam we need to do a couple other things we got the two gig two gig yeah, bandwidth here available uh clean up a bunch of stuff we're using super chat money for that so if you get it in your heart and in your wallet hit the super chat hit us up i actually was with joe who's one of the good guys out there he hit me up uh behind the scenes he said hey i don't really do the super chat thing is there another way i can do it absolutely the paypal um, there's a donate button at DetroitLionsPodcast.com or you just go to PayPal and it's Chris at DetroitLionsPodcast.com is the account. Send it to friends and family and there's no fees or charges. I know Super Chat, uh, YouTube keeps 30% of the money or something like that. So it's a way if you want to do it direct, you can do that. Thank you everyone for helping us do this. The 4K thing is going to be gigantic because it gives us so much more real estate to work with as well as the quality. So, all right, that was that with Emery. And then also the last thing we want to talk about that we were about to talk about pre-draft visits. Uh, I think a guy named Geoff Razor at uh, Lions Wire wrote something about this. And uh, why don't you cover it here for us really quick? I know, I think you know that guy. He's kind of 20. Yeah. I I heard he might be racist. I don't know. Um, Bad things about that guy. F that guy. F that guy. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say his name, but seriously, in the heat of that, I wanted to cave his face in. That guy is a real piece of shit. Um, that, that's straight up. I, if you care about it, you want to find it out, go on Twitter and check out some. I, uh, I was guy. once a very big fan of his. I am no longer a fan of his. That's, that's what all I'll say a piece of shit. I mean, just virtue signaling by trying to paint someone else and potentially like ruin their career. I mean, the reputation that just bullshit. Fuck that guy. Excuse my French. Right. Let's talk about pre-draft visits. Yeah. So pre-draft visits, there, there's like, okay, they get 30 of them. They're called, people are calling them top 30. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. <laughs> That's not what they are. There's, it's not like you can bring in 30 undrafted prospects if you want to. Yeah. There's no rhyme or like you can bring in whoever you want to. You can bring in. Like your agent's son, just as a favor for it. Um, different teams use them different ways. We are learning what Brad Holmes and his crew are doing with them. Remember last year they were virtual, so we didn't really have a, a good tab on them. Right. They have brought in, they're bringing in Sauce Gardner, they're bringing in Nicobe Dean, they're bringing in Thibodeau, they're bringing in um, Trayvon Walker. Uh, they're going to meet with Kenneth Walker. Uh, they're going to meet with uh, Cameron Thomas. They're going to meet with uh, Logan Hall from Houston. 
Uh, a couple other names that are out there too. Um, LSU guys, I know they, they get in through, through Kelvin Shepard. He was, uh, I believe he was at their pro days. I don't know that for sure. Um, but uh, you'll see them. It doesn't mean that they're interested in the guy necessarily. It just means that they want to talk to him. Uh, one of the things, one of the big things that they do is, especially for guys that are coming off injuries, the medical team, your own medical team, not like at the combine, it's standardized. You want to get a closer look at, at Derek Stingley Jr.'s Liz Frank, which looks really damn good today at their pro day, by the way. Like you can have your own doctor look at it and your own trainer look at it and, and see what it's about. That's a big thing with them. The biggest thing though is it's they're they're not working out. They do not, they don't change out of like whatever they wore there. They're not getting on the field, they're not doing any workouts or anything. It's strictly forbidden for liability purposes. They're going into the film room and they're after they tour and they meet the coaches, they're gonna be shown their own film in some cases and like, okay, tell me like, if you're talking to Trayvon Walker, how come you're not getting to the quarterback on this play? Walk me through why you're soft rushing. Walk, walk me through, or with, with a game like Kevon Thibodeau, how come you're just running straight into the tackle and not using your hands? Like explain to me, is that coach you? Is that like, do that. The other thing that they'll do, and this is something that I know when, when John Dorsey was running the Browns, the Browns did, they would show Browns film and be like, okay, this is what we're doing on this play. Tell me what you see pre-snap. Tell me what you would read. Tell me where you think you would fit in this. That, that was something that they, they were big on at that time. Different teams use it for different things. Like I said, um, it doesn't necessarily indicate interest. It doesn't necessarily indicate that they're going to draft somebody. The Lions, they get 30. They have nine draft picks. The Rams have, what, four draft picks. They have 30, and, and I think they've used, like, 26 of them already. Yeah. Like, it's just ridiculous. Geoff so, Razor says they sometimes bring guys in to ask them about other guys, right, to get and, intel. Oh, absolutely. Right? That, that happens a lot. Um, and that will happen, especially when you're when you got a guy that, you know, if you if you if you want to like not let out that you're interested in a teammate, like let's say let's say you're um, let, let's say you're uh, talking about the McCollum brothers, like you bring Zion in as the cornerback from Sam Houston say, the guy that was at the senior bowl, mm-hmm. he can really play. Mm-hmm. But you really want Tristan, the safety, the brother, the one that that, that Emery just talked about. Mm-hmm. But you don't want that to get out, so you don't bring Tristan. You just bring Zion in and like ask him like. Hey, your brother, he, he, he can do this, right? Like you have there on the same, that, that, that kind of stuff happens a lot. Think, and you think about it from a psychological perspective. Would you like to play with him? Those kinds of questions. What would he right. bring? What would you bring together? What would, if you were here and he were here, what would he bring? And what would you bring to make this team better? Those kinds yeah. of questions starts to put somebody a little bit more at ease yeah. and allows them to give you the information you're looking for without just straight yeah. treating them like a piece of meat, right? Cause you, you start putting that up there and they, if look, if you're in an interview, and you want the job and somebody's talking, asking about your brother and they want to give him a job, you're not going to be doing so working so hard on that interview anymore. I mean, you'll sell your brother. Right. But it's like, come on, this is, this is, this is something different. So um, definitely, definitely. That's kind of what happens. The other thing you're, you're meeting all the coaches. You're going to spend time with your positional coach, time with your coordinator, and you're going to see if it's a personality fit. And I will give one unnamed example, but if you really want to know, I'll put it in the Slack later of a player who did a pre-draft visit at a at a team that was very interested in this is going back over a decade now. And they got done with their meeting with him after three hours and they took his placard from their draft board and they threw it in the trash and said, Nope, 
not drafting that guy. Wow, <laughs> and it wound up being a good decision on their part too, there you go. Uh, because he just he he just didn't fit what they were trying to do. Didn't didn't mesh with their coaches at all. Like and they th- we can't coach this guy. And that's, that's not Lions, it's not the Lions, by the way. And that's how the Lions <laughs> got Andre Ware. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, and, and that kind of stuff happens. Like it could be a great player, but if, if if you don't think you can coach him, if you don't think he fits in with your culture, like the Detroit Lions, we don't know exactly where they're pointed, but we do know like they want high effort, smart football players who can like buy into the the being the sum of all parts better than the the individuals. And that's something that Dan Campbell's very big in being cut from that same cloth to use their phrase. Yep. They're going to know pretty quickly whether guys are cut from their cloth or not in the visits. I want to tell uh, Doug Borman, thank you. Great content. Thanks. He says, thank you, Doug. Appreciate that. Uh, Joey, two times. Holmes gave Reynolds too much money to be a wide receiver for behind Chark, Amon-Ra, and a rookie. I think Holmes ignores wide receiver until pick 66. I disagree. Chark is a one-year contract is not necessarily a long-term fix they're figuring things out and to be honest with you i i see them picking the guy that could replace him as a long-term piece so you don't need two tomorrow or next year if chark doesn't work out or the guy being number two because on a rookie contract he comes in cheap it's not going to blow up your wide receiver overall spend by drafting a guy um I think wide receiver is one of those guys that's kind of high on the list of needs for this team. And if the right guy falls, they will absolutely pull the trigger. On wide I, I, yeah, I, I can see, I can see Joey's point though. Like they, it's not, a, it's not a pressing day one need. Right. Like you, you've got your top three receivers in the building already for 2022. Um, and you, that, that like linebacker is a position that you don't draft somebody this year to use in the future. You draft them to use them now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 I kind of agree with Joey on that, honestly. I, I, I'm not I, if sold they're guys that they're going to be a wide receiver early. If they're guys there, they will, I, I, I believe. Well, because, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. If, if they like it, if, yeah. if they find somebody that they really like and they think that it's right, the way Anzarike was last year. Like, that was a guy. If Drake London, for some reason, falls to 32, right, they're going to snap yeah. him up. I don't care. I don't care. They're, they're going to snap him up. Snack. Snap him up. Um, and, and and I don't think they're going to reach, though, to get somebody as at wide receiver. So, I think maybe we're yeah, all together that, on that. That's, that's probably more of what, what I would, would agree with, with Joey there is that I don't, think, I don't think they're going to force it. Like, at 32 or 34, if there's a safety on the board, if there's a cornerback on the board that they like that's graded higher than the wide receiver, they're not taking the wide receiver. They're they're not going to force it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But let's hope not anyways, because that's what bad teams do. <laughs> that's how you get to be the Jets. That's how you get to be the Jaguars. That's how you get to be the Texans right now. That is true. Did you see the cat? Yeah, the cat. <laughs> it's so my, taken my, my, by my face. My cat made an appearance last week. Uh, I did uh, Sports for CLE, the Brown, uh, Browns uh, video podcast, and <laughs> my cat wound up being just over my shoulder the entire time. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right, folks watching, please hit the like button and the subscribe and the bell, please. We appreciate when you do that. It helps us with the algorithm, helps folks find us, helps uh, folks get the content we put out and what we hear people like it so there you go uh so if you can do that like the subscribe the bell all those things we we appreciate it more than you you know and uh we'd 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 give you all a million dollars if you did that if we could but unfortunately we don't have it in our pockets uh if you want to give us a million super chat we'll give you that minus 30 percent. all right (laughs) with that don't forget we're three weeks away from the draft only 
three weeks away three weeks from the tomorrow. draft. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Um, next week, I got to do. We're going <laughs> next week. We're going to have a mock draft. We're going to go a full first round mock draft end to end from um, uh, the Jaguars to the Lions. And we're going to do the whole thing and we'll have some great guests on. We have such a large number of guests that we want to do this mock draft with. We're probably going to do it twice. We're probably going to do one next week and then another one the week after. Um, we still got a ton of coverage from Colin coming up on players. Riz, I, I don't know if your draft will will switch from week to week, but we can talk about what, what kind of roles we can do and what we can do with that. Um, but I, I feel like we're going to do two of these just because there's so many good folks and, and mindful folks that we can bring in to, to do these drafts. So check that out. We've got uh, in-depth stuff today. We'll continue with some of our in-depth coverage and our player breakdowns, as I said, from Colin. And then leading up to the draft party which is going to be as always uh an absolute blowout and by pick 32 i will have done jaeger shots what do we call it shots for dollars or something whatever (laughs) um and so whoever we get i will i don't know how i'll be if it'll be a a, a, a ruckus ruckus celebration or a uh uh, I can't really in. I'm uh, that. That's my busy work night. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I can't. I can't dial you in on that one, buddy. No, no, that one. That one. And, and the funny thing is, is I have to show up for a meeting on Friday morning. So the damage will be real. <laughs> Normally, I have the day after off. So we'll do that. It'll be fun. All right. So we've got the draft party. We got that. Uh, quick key and off season uh, dates coming up. The draft in three weeks. Lions' first day of the off season workout program is April nineteenth ahead of the draft. So that's uh, that's folks coming in and doing that draft. And that, that that one specifically is for guys that are coming off of injuries. Um, players that are co- like Jerry will be there. Okuda will be there. Yep. Um, it's it's not for. Your healthy players that are coming back. Check our Twitter this weekend at DET Lines Podcast. Check it. And if you want Jerry Jacobs too, you'll see. Just check Jerry. Just, just watch. Ours too. Don't, 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 don't short sell. <laughs> All right. Uh, the draft, of course, the 20th through the 30th. The second time that you've yelled at me about that. <laughs> We got to work on your marketing skills. <laughs> uh, May twenty uh, fourth and twenty sixth, or through the twenty sixth, June first through third, and June thirteenth through the sixteenth of the Lions OTA workouts. There will be a combination of Riz and I there doing things, uh, maybe together, maybe apart. But there'll be a lot going on. You may see us in that room together. We don't know. All kinds of crazy things going to happen. OTAs are then. Spring league meeting is the twenty third for the twenty fifth. We'll get uh, Blandino in after that to discuss the uh the rules changes yeah, they will have the rule changes finalized for that one yep and june 7th through 9th mandatory mini camp and then it's a long slow summer until training camp but i think on the t- around the 12th we'll know when the training camp party is and all that kind of stuff so stock up it's going to be a good time we got a lot of fun ahead um yeah check it out we got some good stuff this weekend i mean it you guys are going to just it's going to blow yeah. your mind it's going to blow your mind uh nobody's done it like always Riss. Nobody else has ever done it. <laughs> not in this, not in this biz. Uh, don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Uh, you get access to the Slack where they know what's coming. They know what's going on and where it's hit. They've already actually, they've, they're actually, you know, they've got, they, they, they got. Uh, so anyway, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Head on over there and, uh, and you get access to the Slack. When you, you do at least $5 a month in the donation, you get access to the Slack. It's the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. Also follow us on Twitter. Especially you want you to see what's going on this weekend at DET Lions Podcast. DET Lions Podcast. And as you see spelled there at Jeff Risden. See, I'm pumping him. I should I should just stop. 
I should just stop altogether. At Jeff Risen, give him a follow and watch him get yelled at and called a racist and all that some other stuff that goes on on Twitter. Give us a call via Skype at Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, undeservedly. And I mean that, undeservedly. It was just a lunatic. The guy's a lunatic. It's not my fault you can't read, John. Yeah. God. <laughs> What a dope. And he said it was a tweet. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. He's like in love. He he may have been drinking. Uh, Call us the lines line at 929-335-4667. It's 929-33-LIONS. I got that backwards, guys. Be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast because Riz wants you to do what? I want you to come into my unencumbered ear holes automatically. That's right. <laughs> They're the best kind of ear holes. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs. No problems, baby, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you soon. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.